Hello, Lewis. Hello, Tim. Well, how's it feel like to be on the other side of oh, the- I love being on the other side of the couch. Yeah. New perspective. The casting couch, huh? Yes, is. This is <laughs> the office that I spent five years in working, yeah. slaving, grinding away, building up comedy Estonia and smoking weed. And now that I, <laughs> this couch, I not that I'm an expert on casting couches, <laughs> but they all kind of look like this one. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. They're like white and low down and- you that know. was in my apartment and I ripped it off out was of my, it? that was when I moved into my apartment, that was in the apartment as the furniture. And I went to the real estate like, mate, that fucking couch, it's gotta go. I got, cause I got my own anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, gotta go, it's gotta go. And he, he went, oh, okay, maybe we can get rid of it. And then two days later, I called him up and said, mate, 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 I'll, I'll solve your problem for you. I'll take the couch away. And he went, oh, great, 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 great. So you have to ask permission to take furniture out. Well, it was yeah. not take it away. No, like we have it. Like not just. But it, but you have to ask the realtor to take something out that was there when you went in. Yeah, because I was like, mate, that's a shitty couch. And he looked at him and went, mm, that is a shitty couch. I don't bother. I just throw stuff out. Yeah. Well, and, now, if, and if they give me shit, I just go. I just, I don't know. Now, I didn't want a whole, a whole couch. You know, I was a little bit concerned, but he agreed that that was, we agreed the things we could throw out. So so if this came from your your last, this might actually fucking be who knows? casting it, couch level shit. It like, was a old, it was a fucking obnoxious Finnish guy who lived there before me. So who yeah. knows what Carl stains and. I could be sitting where you sat naked at one point. Oh, no, I know. Unfortunately, I wish. No, if you're on the red couch, uh, Daniel, oh, okay. Daniel definitely slept where I have masturbated several times. Oh, nice. I mean, many times. With nothing. <laughs> so how are you coping with the whole uh, quarantine thing? I'm loving it. I'm having yeah. a great time. I get, I get, this is, uh, of course, there's terrible, there's terrible things. And don't get me wrong when I say that I love it as some sort of endorsement of death. Not at all. But for myself personally and for everyone around us, I love it. Because for me, this is the time where I get to do podcasts and what I want to do. Usually there's a business. I've crapped on with you, Tim, so often about how- yeah. You know, I, I, I've got to run this business. I don't have enough time to run the stand-up. If I do go to stand-up, I'm usually, you know, kind of stressed out from running the show or something. All that's gone. It's all gone. I might do like an hour of business stuff in the morning, but, you know, check in. Hey, is there anything? No, there's nothing. Okay. But and is that not a different type of stress now because you have to worry about the future of the company and because there's such an unknown, there's no horizon to look towards, you know? It's not a stress for me because... It's something that I cannot control. And I fully understand that it's something that I can cannot control. That usually, and it's quite true that you are the master of your destiny and that you can set your own course and all these things are true, right? But you can sort of think like, oh, I'm if I'm the master of my own destiny, then I can control everything. And that I have to, I need to every day be hustling, grinding away, making my thing happen. And that's true. Don't get me wrong. But right now, there's nothing you can do. You cannot stop what's happening to your business. Mm -hmm. You can't stop what's happening to society. You can come up with some contingency plans. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm not saying you should sit back and do nothing. We can, as Comedy Estonia business, we've got a contingency. Will they let us on the stage in June? Will they let us on the stage over summer? Will they let us, you know, I've got contingencies for each of those, mm -hmm. but- I do not determine which one of those will happen. And this is one of the most freeing things that's happened to me in the last 10 years. I think a lot of people are feeling that in a way. Well, not the people who are struggling, of course, mm. but people who 
like I know many people who were kind of stuck in a rut for a long time and even though they're out of the job now they're like man I fucking hmm. they feel like they've all of a sudden now they have so much time they can do all this other shit you know what I mean like I I, I, I love how everyone's doing stuff now like Sanders doing his cooking show <laughs> Rauno's got his own podcast everyone's doing something other than just relying on the stand-up shows you know it's great and yeah. I don't it was, and it's been interesting for me, the last few podcasts I did with Kid Strange and then also with Dagmar Lamp before that, because they're having different reactions and uh, they, if you listen to it, they're both talking about they, they feel a bit anxious, they feel worried. Mm -hmm. And it was just interesting to hear from their perspective. I mean, there's different things. Dagmar's got a kid, you know, there's a, I ain't got a kid to worry about. I'm going to worry about a little munchkin at home. How do you and, know? And all that. Who yeah. knows? Maybe. How do you know? Well, out there. Somewhere in Estonia, there's a little... <laughs> How's it going, mate? Fucking... Teddy! We just fucking lie him! <laughs> Have you not thought about uh, becoming an Uber driver in the middle of all this? Just for something to do, maybe. You I should. Could. I thought about it today, because yeah. uh, um, well, I was... Where the fuck was I today? I was... Um, Jesus, I, I forget. I was somewhere, anyway, where there usually isn't a lot of taxis. Hmm. And there was a load of them today. Oh, yeah, outside Prisma. In Sikupili. Okay. And there's just lines and lines of taxis. And I'm like, fuck, man. Like, now is the time to become an Uber driver. But you got to get in a car with a random person. Yeah, but we can do the deaf thing. We can set it to deaf mode. <laughs> where they get a message saying, you know, like you were talking about in the <laughs> yeah, supermarket. Yeah, yeah, sure. They sure, have no. that now on Uber. But they're going to breathe and they're going to, uh, you want to, you got to put your mask on and. Yeah, right. Because Australian uh, taxi drivers, they have a whole, like, almost protective cage around them like hard plastic, at least from the front seat to the back seat, if nothing yeah. else, that you can't because too many cabbies were getting knifed and shit. So <laughs> like that would be okay if there yeah. was some sort of barrier. But They actually put those barriers into Irish taxis and people started complaining. <laughs> like, what the fuck's wrong with me? What? <laughs> What's wrong with me? You're putting a fucking barrier between us. Fuck you, taxi I'll fucking driver. smash you. I can't what? chat to him like. <laughs> I can't, I'll knife you if unless you take this <laughs> thing down. <laughs> but it's weird, like, because in Ireland, sure, we're all about fucking chatting and mm. any barrier between it. And then we'd go home and we'd complain that the taxi driver didn't shut up. You give him, you but, give him three stars but because no, they're complaining. You, if you, you give him three stars if he did talk and he didn't shut up. You give him three stars if he didn't talk, <laughs> yeah, in which case yeah. he wasn't chatty enough. Well, we don't even have Uber in Ireland anymore. Oh, so. really? They yeah. go, no. Mm -hmm. The taxi, uh, what would you call them? The cabal. cabal. Put their foot down and said no. <laughs> it's a real mafia over there. Um, there's like in Dublin City, there's a there's a, a taxi rank down the, the middle of our... The, the, the main street in, in Dublin is O'Connell Street. Mm -hmm. And there's one taxi rank in the middle. And it's all these white old ta taxi drivers. And... They're just unfailingly racist. They don't give a shit. They're, <laughs> like I, I sat in there once and um, they, we just casually drove past this black taxi driver. He just starts yelling obscenities out the window. <laughs> they're over here not fucking taking all the tax. And like I understand for them in Ireland that the, it, was, it was very hard back then to get a taxi license. Mm. And then a lot of these um, immigrants who come over, they don't bother. They just get fake ones. Mm. But uh, they, they, they've ran this... Basically, this fucking whites only <laughs> taxi lane in the middle of Dublin City. And uh, yeah, that's such a weird thing to be protective of. Oh, I'm a taxi driver. Yeah. I drive people around all day. Don't you fucking come into my job. Uh -huh. I remember when Carl did. Um, I mean, because we, we know in Estonia how protective the taxi drivers were before Bolt or whatever, Taxify yeah. came along. And I almost. I don't have a lot of sympathy for the taxi driver. 
in like if you don't want to change, I don't have sympathy for you. Like the shit's changing anyway. And they bickered and they fought. I remember Carl with the Taxify put on an event kind of like, I don't know, as a public relations thing mm. for the taxi drivers. This is a couple of years ago now before they were Bolt and, you know, all that. And it was at a thing. Carl was going to do stand up and I don't know someone was playing guitar and it was like a big thing, like 500 seats or something. Right. And I remember at the time I was like, oh, is the boss of Taxify going to speak? And they're like, no, no, he's not. He wouldn't dare get on the stage. Like they would do the hate. Yeah. That would be given to this man. Get shot. And I'm like, the hate? This motherfucker is trying to save you pricks. All right. Uber is coming. Back then it was Uber is just arrived. Mm-hmm. Uber is about to take everything away from you, whether you like it or not. And here's the guy who has invented the way that you can get in the 21st century, you dumb fucking stubborn pricks. And you're going to fight and bitch and moan against him. Like, come on. And now, well, if you, uh, unless you're on, unless you're on Yandex taxi, <laughs> then you're on Bolt. And But wasn't the, the taxi um, industry here run by organized crime for a long time? I so. wouldn't know. Probably. I can imagine. That's, I think Carl told they, me that actually. Oh, yeah. really? Because yeah. Carl would know. Because Carl had numbers. Like, if you live in oh, last number, yeah. you've got a number to call. And you like, yes, hello, you want taxi, taxi, come, don't ask <laughs> fucking question. Good. I remember when I twisted my ankle in protest uh, years ago. Remember that time I fell mm. off stage twisting my ankle? Yes. And uh, Carl was like, don't worry, I'll get you a taxi to, <laughs> to, to Baltiam. And it was like, on the phone, two minutes later, this unmarked taxi just pulls up <laughs> and drops me off for two euro. Like, fucking Carl, you know, he has all the inside information. Nice things. <laughs> but I remember even like, yeah, they were resistant to Taxify, but I remember how resistant they were to just having card machines in, in the cars. Oh yeah, sure. Like uh, the big companies like Tulica and um, Toxo 24 or whatever. Mm. I remember they'd have the big Visa, MasterCard accepted signs. But the drivers would hide the machines in the glove box because they just did. They wanted cash, so that they could not report it or something. Right. I don't really know. You know, what a resistant industry. Like, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so look here. I am. I've already been ragging on people with anxiety. I've already been ragging on the taxi drivers. Who else yeah. can lose? We're supposed alienate? to be positive at the moment. Positive. No, positive. I'm gonna be. Here. We're chilling out. I got shit for. Remember, I I, I posted that uh, Ari Mati podcast mm. yesterday, mm. and the image I used was. Um, Ari with his head on my lap yeah. And I got a message from a friend of mine in Ireland Michael, you cunt, if you're listening He's like, uh, man, what are you doing? We're supposed to be practicing social distancing You have a, <laughs> la- you have a lad's ha- head on your lap <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it just happened, yeah, bro <laughs> yeah. Right now, actually, his, lap, his head's in my lap right now What's the problem? But, like, I mean, I get it Because it's really bad in Ireland now It's spreading like wildfire So is pe- this the, It's almost like this is the woke version of social distancing No, you have to social distance yeah. we, First we tell you And not only that You can't even show a picture of two people together Go fuck yourself And they've yeah. all got to be neutral gender as well, by the way But this guy's a bit of a fucking idiot He's a bit of a <laughs> he's just one, He just wants to cause He just wants an argument, you know what I mean? Okay so, fuck it, that image was from 2017. Relax. It's an old picture. <laughs> is it only 2017? Is it? Fuck. Yeah, that's when me and Ari had our first 30-minute, um, oh, yeah. 30-minute It was show, filmed yeah. just outside here, just in this hallway. Yeah, yeah. Those, yeah we I dragged mean, that couch. We found that couch from somewhere else right. in Telescopy. We dragged the... We used these two fine lights. Oh, they're history. Yeah. They're history in this room, Tim. There's Brady. a whole load of images of me 
staring at Ari's arse on the stairs. The one where you spanking him, yeah. Spanking him with a belt, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, I don't know, man. It's just, in our, I get it. In Ireland, like, there's a lot of fear now. So he sees some fella's head in my lap and he's like, no, Tim, don't. You're going to catch the fucking COVID. Are you sure? Because I <laughs> thought he was about to say, what are you doing, you homosexual? Like, I thought he was about to yeah. go rant off on that one. I'm, I'm waiting for that one from my parents. Oh. Tim, is there something you want to tell us? <laughs> yes. Yes. There's a man's all. head on your lap. <laughs> after all this time. <laughs> the whole, the whole, the whole pie there. Girlfriend yeah. living here thing, yeah. all, all a ruse, all a ruse, all a ruse, huge ruse. Yeah. The fine chiseled body of Arimati Mustanen <laughs> yeah. is actually hey, what it's I, all I'll about. I'll take it. I'll take it, man. It's not bad. Jesus Christ, break the hearts of half the women in Estonia. But what are you gonna do? But that's the way parents are, you know. Mm. You know, I remember I, I went to Greece years ago, and I remember my my fa- <laughs> my father saying like, "Careful out there, no like." Be careful. There's a lot of there's a lot of bold men out there. <laughs> <laughs> bold men. <laughs> Greek style. I mean, that's a euphemism right yeah. there. Greek style, you know, yeah. in the little did he know I was I was the bold man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you're doing all right. You're you're holding up. I feel fine up. with it all. Um Yeah, I got up this morning, I was up early, I did my work. Did you stream your workout the other day? I I, I did. Yeah, I it's did. funny. Yeah, I just did got my kettlebell and I just did my workout. You know who's watching? Oleg. Just, my, just Oleg. Just Oleg. One viewer, Oleg. That's it. Did he you have your clothes on? Because <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> You'd be guaranteed of that. Uh, and uh, what are we doing? Tomorrow we live stream with Silicadri. The live streaming is going great. And then hopefully Sunday recording in Viliandi with Sander. Oh, yeah. Sunday do that. And oh, yeah. And my exciting discovery is that if you ask people to come on the show they're way more likely to come on in this time period so it's not confirmed yet but i reached out today and i started to talk with dave benton about coming on the show he's giving me the scoop he seems enthusiastic to the idea i don't want to talk out of school but i'm gonna you know work on it and uh oh dude because i mean i i just gotta hear the stories he's gotta have the stories dave benton but this should be the beginning of you getting more interesting people on i mean it's one thing to have me and fucking <laughs> whoever else on but the likes of dave benton would be that'd be great man. super interesting or dave um who else do i know anyway I want to know. Uh, yeah, so yeah, that's the idea. You get one yeah. person, you prove uh-huh. you're not a fucking idiot, you prove you can have a decent conversation, and then maybe they want to come on. So I'm really like just because to me, Dave is like he's the OG foreigner. He's patient zero. Like plus, you've been talking about him forever for years. I know. All I do is I talk about <laughs> Dave Benton. I'm obsessed with Dave Benton. That like because he did it. We're trying to have this career in podcasting, comedy, mm-hmm. whatever the fuck you want, as foreigners in a foreign land. And he, years ago, before, like, our job is relatively simple compared to what Dave must have been up against years ago. And that motherfucker won Eurovision Uh for the country, the pride of Europe. And he brought it home with Tunnel Pada, nevertheless, still... Oh, fuck Tunnel. It's all about Dave Benton. All about Dave. All about Dave, yeah. Like, I just, I want to know, like, I don't know. I just want to hear the stories. I think it'd be fucking fantastic. Yeah. The whole Eurovision thing is interesting. Is it really like big in Estonia? Is it a... I don't know how big, big. I don't know what... As in popular, like does everyone crowd around the TV to watch it? Relatively. As much as I know. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert, but reasonably. Yeah, because because Ireland won it like seven years in a row. Did you know that? Hmm. And we never won it again. Really? Seven years in a row? We sent a... Was that from 73 to... No, it was in my lifetime. Um, But we sent a... Do you know we sent a puppet... 
to the Eurovision. <laughs> a turkey called Dustin the Turkey. Did you know this? <laughs> no, I didn't know this. He Tell was us. he was a children's there was a, a children's TV show called The Den, where you had this presenter and a bunch of puppets that he would present with. And um, in the uh, if there's anyone from the UK and Ireland listening, which there are, hello, mom. We had the, these two puppets called Zig and Zag, which were aliens. And then he had Dustin, this decrepit turkey with like a beak that had gangrene on it. And he had a thick north side Dublin accent and he had a bunch of dodgy friends he would always talk about. And it was weird because like this is character should never appeal to children because mm. he's, you know, a rough north side Dubliner. But everyone loved him. So when the den ended, this character kept releasing music you know like uh surim leopold here you know he had the hits back in the day sure. and uh yeah we sent him to the fucking eurovision we should go i mean because oh look petroya was at the eurovision for uh a couple of years ago now they had a, yeah they have whatever because every you know every country gets its turn every couple of years to send a comedy song or a fake yeah. song or a parody song Estonia missed a trick by not sending Vinnie Pooh that one year oh. when they had that song that would have won that would have won handily Just, you remember that right the guy the, mm. the drum guy was spinning around yeah, yeah, and they were right, upside down yeah, playing they fucking loved. they didn't oh, go man. no they didn't go no they sent a ballad instead uh, no one wants a fucking ballad I know you know but old uh the one time, I think I met Indrek, the, he's the lead singer from yeah. Winnie Pooh. I met him one time when he was the host of a TV show called Kodumang. Kodumang. I remember home, The home game. And it was basically nothing but a 30-minute long commercial for Euronics. God yeah. bless Euronics and Prince Euronics, Mr. Roger. And I, I think the, the kind of concept was that they would go around to like people in their homes. So they would go a family and they'll go to their homes. Indrek asks you... Quiz questions, trivia questions, and then depending on your answer, you win home appliances. But there was an element to it that like you had to like, there was a weird gambling element to that show that you had to like barter your stuff. Like you had to put something on the line. You had skin in the game. You had to be like- And it was for real. You yeah, actually had to put like, something Like, yo, on. this is our TV. Oh, fuck. And we've got an old TV. Yeah. So part of the old marketing campaign we had is that we got our set, we got Comedy Estonia on Kodumang and it was filmed in Pudelba and it was me, James Ramsden, the owner of Pudelba, Ellen Van Pere, and as it happened at the time, famous and accomplished Australian stand-up comedian Brendan Burns, who just happened like he was doing our big show, 300 seats at Supras or something. Uh -huh. And he just happened to still be here. And we're like, Burnsy, you want to come on a fucking Estonian TV? He's like, oh yeah, bloody oath. Oh yeah, fucking get it. <laughs> and so we sit down and Indrek starts doing it. And it's from the moment we open our mouths, it is absolute chaos. It is just madness. He's asking us these questions. We have something about Estonia. We have no idea about the answer. We're yelling at each other. I remember he asked, He asked, oh, so you are comedians? Yeah. And you're, you were all like, yeah, yeah. And so uh, he, he, go, he turns to Burns and he goes, uh, tell us a joke. And Burns looks him straight in the eye and just says, your parents are proud of you. <laughs> And you could see him crushed. He didn't oh, even he fake laugh or anything. He just kind of, oh. <laughs> oh, because we were yelling at him. We were, he's like, no, that's the wrong answer. We're like, no, no, no. Well, that wasn't our answer. And then we're yelling at someone. What was the answer? And it was clear after 15 minutes that he was not in control of his own TV show. And yeah. after Brendan, and that was the straw that broke the camel's back when Brendan did that to him. Yeah. Oh, he broke. He broke. 
and we somehow got a camera, a shitty red camera, which is if you watch my podcast and you'll notice that I'm filmed on a very shitty version. That's on that shitty Kodaman camera uh-huh. that we basically bullied Indrek into giving to us. They somehow filmed it to make it not look too bad, but we've never been invited back for anything ever again. And conspiracy theory, we weren't invited on the morning radio when Indrek was on the morning radio. But shouldn't that's he love- conspiracy theory. Shouldn't he love that chaos fucking- that, I th- you know. That's what we thought. It's me and Ramsden. Okay, Englishman, good Englishman. We'll get it. You know, Ellen, she's nice and loud. And then Brendan, you know, is in there. We were, I mean- it was a tornado, the three of us sweeping through. Maybe he was trying to be a straight man and he was trying to He was maybe. straight, I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> so So anyway, how did you end up just to pivot? How did you end up in South Ossetia? Oh, you've been doing your research, Tim. Yeah. You know. Now hang on, let me turn on the lights real quick because the sun is driving me crazy. Yeah, sure. I'll do. You got those? We've got these nice studio lights in here that Tim has provided oh wait wait the it's got to be plugged in at the wall um tim reedy is our beneficiary what do you well, patron patron is the word before patron was a patreon was a thing tim reedy was our original patron in the old roman usage oh, of the yes. word that there was a man who would donate to the less fortunate and encourage their activities and half the tech in this room has been donated by tim reedy over the years, the different devices and plugs and recorders and cables. He says donated, but the reality is I just left it here and forgot about it. (laughs) (laughs) We got Tim drunk and took it. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Story of my life. But anyway, because I did hear uh, when you were talking to Silla, you mentioned that you were in the south of Sydney once. It was, fuck, I don't know, 12 years ago or something. When I, I just sort of, been hanging around Estonia for about a year, coming and going. I certainly wasn't living here. And I don't know, there was just free time and I was killing time. And I was like, my friend, and she was like, yo, not just a friend, right? And she was like, yo, I want to go on a holiday to Georgia. Mm. And I'm like, cool. All right, let's go. So we just, I don't know, there was like cheap flights. She found some 200 euro flights to uh, whatever the fuck, Tbilisi is the capital. Mm -hmm. And we just went. And uh, it was perfect because, you know, she she spoke Russian and I'm a man. And that was the perfect combination (laughs) for getting around Georgia. And it was was super interesting. I mean, I don't think we had a hot shower the whole time we were there. Like there was no hot water. Um, Was this before or after the the war that was there? uh, The war was in 2008, so. Fuck, was it before? Shit. I think it had to be just before the war. It was still of a problem. And so we're in Ossetia and whenever we were walking around, whenever we were talking to people together, she would talk to them in Russian and they would talk back to me in Ossetian. And I never worked out. Was it because that I'm, there was, this, was it some fucking uh, masculine thing? Like they speak to the man and the man. I couldn't never work out. Was it a man thing? Like, oh, I'm the man. So they're going to speak to the man. Or was it as I have turned out, as it turned out that I look like a Georgian. Like I look Georgian. Like I, my Swarthy, I think Swarthy. is the word. My, my family is 100% Romanian. Uh, the, both sides of the family came from Romania after the war. But I don't look, I don't look like, look, I'm not going to steal your wallet. Okay. Like I don't look, I haven't got a dodgy car but I look Georgian for some reason. 
So don't I have a dodgy car. Is that, is that a qualifier <laughs> for being is. Romanian? Yes. You just have to have a dodgy car. So I never worked out. Was it a mate? Was it a, uh, a sexist thing? Or was it just that they went like, this motherfucker's Georgian. I'm going to speak to him in Georgian, right? Yeah. And um, so, yeah, we, we met. We're hanging out in a hostel in Tbilisi. It's drinks, it's vodka, it's cabbage every night. In the And we meet these two dudes who are kind of young and they they seem to be like, I don't know, studying with the US State Department or something. They're somehow associated and it's basically something where the state, where they're, they're training to be part of, I don't know, the State Department or the fucking CIA or <laughs> something, right? They're part of the US government and they get sent on these missions just to live and be and be in a place to learn and culturally get it. And these guys are in Georgia. And so they speak Russian. My friend Iris, Iris Luiga uh, is her name. And she speaks Russian. And then these guys are like, yo, we're gonna go and try and get into South Ossetia. You guys wanna come? And we're like, fuck yeah, we wanna do that shit. So we ended up taking a bus north. Um, we're at the border and all, because you gotta get through the Georgians first. And so we're arguing with the Georgians. They like we're in, we've been taken to a room. They don't want to let us through. They're like, what the fuck? There was like two Americans, Australian and Estonian. I think there was like someone else just hanging out because we're all like, oh, we want to go to Ossetia. <laughs> and we're trying to talk the Georgians into it. I think it, they fucking called the American embassy. Like this is not normal stuff. It was about an hour and a half of conversation in Russian going back and forth that they let us through. And so we essentially had to walk through a DMZ, a demilitarized zone, that there's nothing there. There's containers. It's looking something out of Fallout 4. And we get to the other side and then you re reach the other side. And um, I guess the thing that I kind of forgot to say is before you get to the Ossetian border, there was already Russian tanks. So because what the Russians do is they come over and they go, we are peacekeeper. We keep peace and they come into Georgia as the peacekeepers. Mm -hmm. So there's already, there's like, you go through and there's Russians, but then you get to the border and it's controlled by Georgians. You walk through the DMZ and then we get to the DMZ and there's another border check post with one poor soldier and he's Russian and he's got his AK fucking hanging again, just sitting on the ground, leaning against the wall. And he does not know what the fuck to do with us. So again, we get led into another room. He's making calls at the same time. Uh, the American guys, they're like in Russian, they're like, come on, come on. Just, we'll give you some rubles. Just take us for a drive. One hour. Just, we got the Jeep out there. You put us all in the back of the Jeep. You take us for a drive around the city. That's all we want. We don't get out. We don't have to stop. And you know, you get the rubles which is the way, you know, that's the mm -hmm. way of things, right? Yep. You get the rubles, you go for the drive, you come back, no one does nothing. And he made some calls and it's essentially, he's like, he's like, look, I get it. I want the rubles, all right? <laughs> I know how it works, but I cannot, cannot drive you around. And we eventually realized, wait, this guy's Russian. Like the, the, the contested area of South Ossetia is controlled by the Russian army. Like this is not an Ossetian mm -hmm. soldier. So Russia comes in, controls South Ossetia. Then on top of that, sends the Russian peacekeepers into uh, Georgia as well. So Russia's all over this yeah, sh like yeah. fucking shit to a blanket. 
So there's more arguing. There's more back and forth. We don't know what the fuck we're going to do. And then eventually we're just like, we're not getting into a set here. We can see it, but we can't get in there. There's nothing we can do. So we walk back through the DMZ again. And once we get back to the Georgian side, the Georgians are very unhappy with us. They are not impressed. I don't know what part of it, what they're expecting, what it was, but things got agitated really quickly at that stage. And I don't know, there was commotion. We thought that the two Americans were going to get taken away at one stage. And all I know is that a taxi, I mean, a taxi, which is just a car, you know, a guy in yeah. a car, whatever, pulls up and they're just like, get the fuck in right now. We're leaving, get in. And as I came to understand later, if they weren't American, they would have been hauled away. Like we would have already been hauled away if we weren't fuck. foreigners. So something very much changed in the minds of the Georgians when we got back and we all just got in the taxi and just took off again. Interesting okay, days. Hell. I love those days. Was this... Um while you were still living here or were you living in Finland at the time? I might have been no fixed abode at that stage. All right. I think there was a, a good amount of 2006 and even 2007 that I was still just, a, I was backpacking, mate. I had, the, I had the white Volvo. I had the first original white Volvo and just driving around Europe backpacking, living with chicks. <laughs> um, <laughs> slinging. Yeah, slinging. <laughs> slinging my way around Europe. So yeah, no fixed abode yet, but still very much uh, spent a lot of time in Estonia and knowing what's up in Estonia. And, and you should so talk forth. more about those times because they're very interesting. Yeah, we know? also went to um, Gori, which is the hometown of Stalin. And if you now, this was again two thousand six, two thousand seven, something like this. Gori is a fucking time machine. This has not changed since the fall of the Soviet Union. In the middle of the town square, there is a massive, like, you've got to look up at like, whoa, look, huge statue of Stalin. Just hanging out, just fucking there he is. Because Stalin came from mm -hmm. Georgia. Yeah. He was Georgian and that was his hometown. And so Iris and I are in the town and we probably spent like three or four days together traveling. And, you know, if you're traveling with someone, you need a bit of space. So we just kind of say, hey, we'll go for a walk. And, and I went for a walk in one direction, went in the walk direction. And when I came back, I found her just reading in the park, surrounded by four dudes. And I was like, what mm. is going on here? And I sort of observed from the other side of the park and no nothing seems to be going down. So I'm like, all right. And I kind of, I didn't walk over at first. And then I kind of walk over and then it ends, you know, whatever. And I was like, what happened? Are you all right? Is everything okay? And she's like, yeah, it was okay. They just came over to talk to me. They just came to talk. And I think my th after walking around Gory and being in Georgia for whatever, a week and a half, I never once saw a blonde person. Never saw anybody but a dark motherfucker like me. <laughs> and I think my theory is that those guys had never seen a blonde person before. Highly likely if you never yeah. left that town. Mm -hmm. And and I was like, is it okay? And she's like, yeah, they were polite. They were polite, just talking to me, just doing that. I'm like, oh, she like she didn't feel in danger or anything. Yeah. So, and then we go to the attraction in Gori, which is the Stalin Museum. <laughs> there is oh, Stalin's fucking, the, the house that he grew up in and then next to it is a museum and it is untouched from the Soviet days. So it is all about what a glorious leader Stalin was. Really? Oh, oh no bad, no bad at all. Mm. Beautiful marble busts of him, paintings. 
his private uh, bulletproof carriage that he used to go around the Soviet Union in, mm -hmm. all this amazing stuff, exactly as the Soviets left it, untouched by history. And as Banksy will want you to believe, there was a gift shop and you can buy Stalin shit at the gift shop. So I bought, which I still have to this very day, a small bust of Stalin. <laughs> it still sits on my, <laughs> it still sits in my cupboard, like not my, uh, my bookshelf at home. It freaks the fuck out of my girlfriend to know that the man who brutally uh, enslaved her nation and uh, <laughs> deported thousands of her now we know countrymen. where your your whole yeah. comedy estonia running attitude comes from you just before you leave the house you look at that bust and you go that's him i'm gonna do it man so, and then my friend iris her purchase from the gift store was a book of stalin's poetry turned out he had a soft side old stalin nice. old joseph he had a little bit of a you know artistic bent <laughs> and there were like poems and little sonnets or whatever that he wrote. So she bought the, I don't know, I got to talk to Iris. Maybe she's still got the book. That would be funny. I've definitely still got the bust. You got to send me a picture of that bust. I want to see what it looks Oh, right. Like. It's on my yeah. bookshelf at home. It's like right yeah, there. I could have yeah. brought it in. I should leave it oh, here in the studio as yeah. a mascot. <laughs> right in the corner. So there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a freak, of more freak out fucking Roger when he comes in or something. Yeah, it was. But uh, is it, is it a, a cool thing. for the town of Gory, is it a, is it a something that they're proud of that he's from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't, they don't know. Yeah. Like again, this was freaking thirteen years ago, right? So who knows how times have changed? Yeah, yeah. But they, it was, he was a good guy. You know, he was because also I think as I understood back then. Again, I'm Australian. I'm not some sort of history, you know, history master here. Um, he was fairly uh, considerate to Georgia, as much as I understood. He was fairly uh, easy on them, all things considered. All oh, the fucking tanky uh, communists are out there now fucking quivering. Lewis said it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> and another reason that I, I have that bust of Stalin on my bookshelf at home is there's an urban legend in my family, which my father mm. very well have just made up in the last years. I have no idea. But my father tells this story that my family was in Romania. After World War II, they left Romania looking for work. Essentially both uh, kind of any, uh, no, let's say my father's family. Yeah, my father's family. They were farmers, peasants, this sort of shit, right? After the war, they left Romania. They're in uh, what is now Serbia, Yugoslavia, doing some farming. That's what peasants did back then, right? And my father was born in what is now Serbia, then Yugoslavia. And so he's born in the couple of years after the war. And his name is Joseph. With an I, Joseph. Joseph. Well, <laughs> there's not a, one spelling on that because actually his little picture when he came to Australia and when they came on the boat and they take them off the mm -hmm. boat and he's like a little kid coming off the boat in Australia. It's spelled J Yay or yeah. J-O-S-I-P. Oh. And I always saw that picture when I was growing up and I'm like, Joseph, like why? He spelled Joseph, like, you know, J-O-S-E-P-H, mm -hmm. like kind of we know Joseph. Yeah. And I always saw that picture when I was a kid and I'm like, why is it spelled Joseph? J-O-S-I-P. And I eventually came to the conclusion that they were just like, they're getting off the boat, like refugees from Europe back in what, like 
40 fucking eight or something. There's no documents. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, this is my son. He is Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. Like they just said it and the Australians just wrote it down phonetically and they went J-O-S-I-P. I think that's kind of what happened there because now my father is Joseph, like yeah. proper. I think you had to change it by Depot later or something. Anyway, so my dad tells the urban legend that he was named after Stalin because in those days, um, we don't have the internet, we don't have CNN. All they know is that mighty leader Stalin was the great man that uh, took took away Hitler. He was the great leader of the. I mean, remember that side. I mean, this side of the the war, right? If you're on the if you're on the French side, you kind of knew. Well, you're more like yeah, allies, yeah, allies, right? <laughs> but if you're on that side in Eastern Europe. Maybe, maybe they were just some, I mean, they're poor farmers. They don't know what's up. And yeah. they're like, all they've heard is that the great leader Stalin with the great red army is what liberated these lands from the possible spread of Nazism. And it's kind of like in Afghanistan and Iraq, there's a lot of kids named um, Bush or, or George, George Bush. Really? Alhamdulillah or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember. Shit? Is that for I, real? I, I watched a, a, a Christian Amanpour from CNN did a whole thing about it where she was like the, um, the George Bushes of Iraq. Where they had like and Dick Cheney, fucking. That's a funny a little. Dick Cheney. Bin fucking whatever. Bin Cheney. <laughs> because when the the Americans came and rolled through Iraq and liberated, well, quote unquote, liberated yeah. the country, uh, that's what they did. They named their kids oh, after you know. It. And when Saddam was was in power, they named their kids Saddam. You know that kind mm. of thing. So, so who yeah, the fuck are you named after? Louis well, Vuitton, is it? No, 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 no. That's the end of the story that I didn't say. Oh, sorry. Say. Fuck, no, no, it's fine. It. Not at all. He not is at named all. after Louis Vuitton. No, no, no. <laughs> Louis just came from nowhere. Louis came from nowhere. But my middle name, Joseph. I know. I know because it's a very common thing, particularly with the fucking whatever, the Catholics, they love naming the, the child, the middle name. So I got my middle name. I'm Louis Joseph Zezeran. So I better start clapping and... Uh... I don't have no, the sound. T- Joseph Cesaran. I can't stop because I if I Joseph, stop. Joseph, I am your leader. No way. I can't stop. If I stop, you send me to the fucking gulag. <laughs> so yeah, that's how, yeah, apparently. That's, wow. and who, look, you can't dispute that story. Oh, I got you're the named Joseph. after Stalin. That's I'm how it is I'm named after Stalin. That's how it is. <laughs> who knows? When was the last time you went back to Romania? You went with your parents, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I don't have zero connection to Romania, though. Because when my parents came to Australia, my mother was born in Australia and my father was really... So he wasn't even born in... uh, He was born in Serbia. They couldn't get back into Romania. Yeah, They kind of left Romania. They're in Serbia. We farm, we farm, we farm. And then they're like, maybe we want to go back to Romania. And then there were some borders... Uh, fucking, I don't know who was a dictator by then. They loved their dictators in Romania. And so instead they went west. They ended up in uh, Trieste, which was a in the north of Italy. The very north mm-hmm. of that side is Trieste. Then up in a refugee camp there. So again, the, the years just after the war. I'm, look, I'm not precise on the timelines here. I don't think anyone in my family is. Um, they're in the camp maybe for a year. I'm not sure, maybe for two years when my father was quite young um, before they took the boat to Australia. But my uncle, my father's brother is a few years older. I I think maybe even eight or something by this stage. Like he's old enough, maybe even 10 years older. I'm not sure. Something like this, right? So he's old enough to 
learn English and learn Russian from other kids who were in this uh, refugee camp in Trieste at this time. And then they all take the boat to Australia and then you're new refugees in Australia at this time. And even though he's young, I'm not sure, I want to say friggin' 16, 15, 16, 17, I'm not sure, my uncle, he's speaking Russian, he's speaking, you know, enough English and he has to get a job, right? You got to work. And after a while, my uncle, he's pretty good with uh, cars and, um, I don't know, mechanics and this sort of stuff. Oh, yeah, he's getting a trade, but kind of self-taught. He's working in the Land Rover factory in Sydney. Mm. Uh, Land Rover making the fine, you know, automobiles. And he gets elevated up the ranks, not too far, but up the ranks because he can speak Russian and he can speak to the Russian workers and he can speak to management in English. And I even think to this day, my uncle still only has Land Rovers, Range Rovers, <laughs> Land Rovers, old ones. We had an, we had a, my father had an old like yellow orange Land Rover in the driveway when I was a kid. And if I could, I would buy a Land Rover. Like you think I love fucking Super Nintendo? I love Land Rover. You're a Volvo man though. No, give me a, I would happily buy a Land Rover if there were more of them in Estonia and it wasn't so an economically bad idea to buy a Land Rover. At least in Estonia, there's plenty of Volvos. There's a Volvo guy, you know, I can get that. There's no land, like, there's no parts. You can get get the new ones, but they're outrageously expensive. I bet, because they're all very fancy now. I would love the old ones. The old ones are still- classic, yeah. They're still pop riveted together, like old technology. I, those old ones, were like the old one, they had no air conditioner. They just had vents that mm-hmm. you open at the front, and that was your fresh air. That but even the dashboard looks like it was just hammered together. Hammered in. Yeah. I would love if there's one for sale. Like, I mean, not anymore. My company's gone to shit, and I'm about to lose all my money. But you know, I was hoping that one day I was hey, going to be able to Christmas present. Like, I know what to get you now this year. Get me an old Land Rover. I'll call yeah. up Uncle Les. I'll be like, what the fuck? Because every now and then, because I've always wanted a Land Rover Classic too. Mm. But every now and then I hit up Auto 24 and it's like... It's not a good country to be buying a Land Rover. I found one that someone... I think I might have linked it to you. Someone retrofitted this like giant, like pop riveted um, cover over to make it look like um, some shitty Soviet era APC. (laughs) And um, it was like five grand, but it had like Mm. 500,000 kilometers on it. The question will be, can we turn the back into either A a mobile studio, or B, Munchies version two. It's probably still there. I'll send you the link if I can find it. <laughs> I would love it. I would love a Bush Basher, yeah. just an old, as long as it runs and some guy, because those things are so s- simple. I got to be a find, find some old bloke who yeah. can work on it. Yeah. Some Bush Basher that can bash for the forest. I would be happy as a pig in shit. There's a place down in um, Vika Maria, just outside, no, not Vika Maria. Yeah, Vika Maria, just outside Vika Maria, mm-hmm. where... There's some old bloke, he stockpiles a huge amount of old motors, um, old cars and buses and stuff. It's called the Vika Maria, fuck, auto something. He turned it into a museum anyway. And he has a field that's full of Land Rovers that are all rusted out and stuff. And um, I would love that. Uh, I took my parents there because my dad is crazy about, you know, old stuff. He thought when he found out I, I, I was moving to Estonia, every time I'd call him, he'd say, oh, there must be mighty old machines driving around the place. <laughs> Love it. And I'm like looking at all these Love fucking. It. The first time I ever saw a Bentley was in Estonia. Yeah. <laughs> Not that pink Bentley. No, no, no. Like Have a, you seen the pink Bentley? 
There's a pink one going There's around. There's a isn't pink it? Bentley. I think it's owned by some, I presume, woman, but I may be wrong, um, who runs a beauty salon, and it's parked opposite. Oh fuck! What's it called now? It used to be Sushi Cat. Now it's some other sushi on uh, near the center. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've not seen that. No. Oh, the pink Bentley is gorgeous. It's the to me the pink Bentley is one of the sights. Like there was a time before 2010 where before the the economic crash, like Estonia had crazy cars back in 2008, 2009, mm-hmm. and then 2010 it all crashed. There were better BMWs and Mercedes Benzes in Estonia than there was in Germany. I'm like, cause I'm traveling, I'm still that traveling dude. By then I'm like, why are there more fucking pimped out cars in Estonia? This doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm pimped out Mercedes Benz, pimped out BMWs. And then the economic crash of 2010 came and wiped that shit all yeah, out and they yeah. all went for sale. The pink Bentley is still for me Fuck. a sign of those good old days. Yeah, because um, cause you still see like, I think there's one guy in Tallinn who has a bunch of Lamborghinis. Really? Ari was telling me this because after oh. I dropped him home after the podcast the other day, this fella in a white Lamborghini zoomed past and Ari was like, oh yeah, that guy. He has like um, fucking guy. he has like three Lamborghinis and stuff. Jesus. And I've seen that guy drive his. I think because I think he rented out the yellow Lamborghini that we did that promo video for the Top Gear thing. Oh, we did, didn't we? Um, That's right. He's the guy. I've seen him drive like mm. straight up fucking Narvamante, and then I've seen him pull into the old town and gingerly like two kilometers an hour <laughs> over over the, over the cobblestones, trying not to damage fucking. <laughs> uh. But like, oh yeah, but my father thought like everyone drove a fucking Chevrolet, um, oh, Lada, right. like all the tractors were these old ancient fucking, but now it's all, it's just like Ireland, you know. It's normal, we're, we're middle class here now. And that's, to me, that's the, the change that's happened since 2010, that we no longer have pimped out cars. Like, cause I mean, it was just nuts before 2010. It was like you, it was Swedbank, offering loans like it was fucking Oprah. Like you get a loan and you get a loan and you get a loan and everyone got a everyone got a loan. Oh, you got a piece of shit cottage in the countryside? Have a loan, have a car, don't worry about it. Like your car was worth more than your house. It was, uh, in some ways it played into my stereotype of what Eastern <laughs> European was. Yeah. I was like, you're right. That is a fucking Mercedes Benz Brabus. Yeah, and you do live in a Khrushchevki apartment. You're right, everything was true. <laughs> Well, maybe if the economy keeps going the way it's going, we could go back to those times, you know, mm. back to the low interest I'll, I'll fucking some, loans. Put some diamonds on the Volvo and we'll pimp it out, shall we? Um, but that little place in Vika Maria, mm-hmm. you got to go. I'll take you there yeah, sometime. Let's go. Let's go on a mission. It's a museum, but it's not really. It's like a, give me a few coins in a box in yeah. the entrance and you walk around and there's just a massive- I'll we'll make a video of that. That'll yeah. be a great video of us walking around. Whenever, whenever. Yeah. I'm free. Coronavirus has We'll talk free. to him. We'll talk to old mate. Is he, yeah. he doesn't give a shit about coronavirus. Nah. It's just his house. Yeah. And he, he had a field and he just collected um, vehicles. He's got some he's got some crazy shit there. He has like a, a double-decker bus, mm. but it's, it's double-decker in the way that you go down half the bus and then there's a stairs up to the second level, which is sticking out the back of the first level. So the bus has a big fat arse on it. Overhang. Overhanging, yeah. What? And all this weird shit. Fuck knows where he gets it. And because he has so much stuff, um, he ran out of room. So all over Vikimaria, the village, there's just, you'd see something he left in a, <laughs> outside someone's yard. Or Oh, there's an abandoned car down yeah. the street. Where could that have come from? There's Ooh. all these old, beautiful fire trucks from Soviet times. And oh man, it's amazing. We've got a, this, 
I found this place when I was just driving around. Exactly. This fucking... is exactly what my point was going to be. You must know there could be a whole series. We're going to start with the weird car guy in Vika Maria, right? Mm-hmm. We'll make a video, just you and me exploring it, talking, cut it into some 12 minute thing. People will love it, right? You have the knowledge. You're the oh, one yeah. who drives through all these fucking towns, right? Yeah. Like, then you're the one who can find us all these. It's going to be Tim and Lewis explore Estonia. You know what my dream is? <laughs> oh, tell us your dream, Tim. There's an airfield near um, Hapsalu. Mm. Um, and it's abandoned. It's left over from Soviet times. It's not Amari, but it's 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 not far from Amari because Amari is like an active airfield. Yeah. Um, and people do drag races there because th- there's no gates. Mm. And you have to like seek permission from some office in Hapsalu, but their website closed so if, to me that's just free right no, go for it, if your it. website's closed i'm gonna do it fucking destruction derby <laughs> yeah just do a destruction derby like fucking ps1 days you know we talked to old mate in yeah. bike and Ma. hey what do you got that still runs oh, what God, can we yeah. do and we're bam bam mad max style you know <laughs> oh we've got the mask we all look like yeah. the main guy exactly, from yeah. immortal joe we all look like a, joe. Yeah. <laughs> i want the water <laughs> Uh, but definitely no, no. We'll head to that. Oh, place we'll take the Volvo. We'll do some drag. We'll just. I mean, it's a. Uh, it's an auto SUV. But nevertheless, we'll do some drag yeah. times. We'll do some zero to one hundred tests in the yeah. Volvo on. There's that so trip much there. interesting shit in this country that no one knows about. That's why we need you, Tim. You have to find this stuff, and then we're gonna go explore it and make a video. We have got the four K camera. We're gonna make it happen. Yeah. The the. the um, you know about the Satsa boot, right? The little bit of Russia that sticks into Estonia. Oh, right. Because you, I mean, it's all you fucking talk about. You love yeah, but, it. But this fucker on YouTube, Tom Scott, massive channel. You, I know, you're yeah. Tom Scott, yeah. He found it and he made a video about it. Now everyone knows about it. And now it's like, ah, the, the government are actually, because there's so so much traffic on that road now, mm. um, they're kind of accelerating the, the straightening of the border. Okay. So in the next, maybe in the next 10 years, it'll be gone. So. 10 years, Tim, you're working on a too slow timeline. Yeah, but I 10 years, say 10, 10 minutes, 10 years in government is true. Quick, it's nothing. We know? have plenty of time to make a video. We're going to make a run for the border. But yeah, we could do like a weird oddities of Estonia video. Yes. You know? Oh, we just have to start. We're going to, we're going to go to the car place mm-hmm. and then the fucking drag strip in Harp Solo racing the, cars. There's, I don't know if you knew this. There's a section of road between Yagala and Tallinn. That is an actual um, Air Force landing strip. I feel like I know that one. That's east a little bit, is it? A little bit east. On the yeah. way to Rapla, that yeah. kind of out there, Tapa, this sort of something there. Yeah. And they have air shows there, but I love the idea of some old bloke in his tractor and some some fella has to make an emergency landing. It's like, oh, <laughs> you can kind of tell it's like ultra wide. Yeah. There's like yeah. really wide, wide strips, and you're like, something's up yeah. here. Because that's even the, um, that's part of the, uh national defense of singapore singapore very small island nation i think they're island whatever very small nation in asia very rich but very small and so they don't have room for airfields for the army and and all this sort of stuff but they have several long high their regular highways Mm -hmm. as long and straight and wide and like they have like palm trees either side but like there's a whole plan that like the palm trees go quick and all of a sudden that's the new airfield. Yeah. And like that's actually legit part of their national I suppose they don't system. have the space for- big, Yeah, they don't have space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. do that, so. Yeah. But the thing, like we're talking about all these weird shit in, in Estonia, that just makes me think, what the fuck is in the likes of Hungary or Romania or something? There's been amazing things down there. I do know of there's, um, remember Chris, that fellow we um, hung out with, the American who went back to America? <laughs> Server guy. 
Oh yeah, server yeah, guy. Him. Yeah, in Pudobar. We were talking to him one time. Um, he's obsessed with trains. Hmm. And he went down to Hungary and said like, oh man, there's lots of cool trains there. But there's actually a train yard in Hungary where they still have the carriages that they would carry Jews to the um, wow. uh, concentration camps. And you can bribe the, the guard to get in there. And there's though there's like the, all these old Soviet um, um, powerheads, I think they're called, like the, the main engines of... Okay, of, yeah, yeah. locomotive or and, something. Um, yeah. I'm like, fuck, is there anything like that in this country? Oh, there must be. You will find it. Oh, I will, yeah, for sure. I'm sure you're going to find it. Yeah, that's all I do. I drive around. Sometimes I drive around and I just look for weird huh. physical hills. And I'm like, hmm. What's hiding there? We don't have hills in Estonia. What's <laughs> under that? <laughs> it's a conspiracy. But I found some cool stuff. So, Oh, you know, this is the time to do it. This is energizing us right now to think that we Fuck can do man. these things. We can go and make a, we'll go make a video. But, it's easy. But seriously, within the next week, we should head to that Viking Mario place. Okay. If just to give the guy a little bit of money in his box. Yeah, you know? sure. I'm going, we're going to Tato this weekend. Talk to Sander on Sunday. Coming back. Let's see if I can sweet talk Dave into doing a thing next week. Let's see later next Bring week. Bring Dave down to the... Bring Dave. <laughs> Dave comes along. <laughs> Old shit with Dave. That's what it's going to be. I was thinking, will will Lewis be the cheesy man he is and open his podcast with Dave by playing the song from the Eurovision? <laughs> Come on, everybody. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that song once on a, on a bus in Ireland. Um, I was taking the bus from the airport to the city center and they were playing old Eurovision winning songs. And there was Dave. There it was. You know? He needs to. Look, it's going to be so interesting to talk to him. Like, what, what are you doing now? I mean, you know, he's getting on. Fine, as is fine. He's you know done so much in his career. You know what's he doing now? What does he want to do? Does he still perform? I wonder. He does. You can he still does. you go to Pilate Levy. You can still All see. Right. I want to talk to. He loves a white suit. I want to talk to Ooh, nice. Dave. But he loves a white suit. He looks dashing in his full white suit. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, maybe Dave wants to come. Yeah. The very 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 first time I ever came to Estonia, I was staying in the Radisson Blue, and he was in the lobby. Huh. And I remember. Tell him Pia, like, oh, look, there's a black fella. <laughs> and she was like, that's, he won the Eurovision. I was like, oh my God. And you were like, you know the black guy? Like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but it was so much information at once. First mm. of all, he's the, he was the first um, black fella I'd seen in the country. Yeah. Second of all, Estonia won the Eurovision? What? Third of all, a black fella won the Eurovision <laughs> for Estonia. It was all rushing in all at the same time. I fainted. I think. That must blow <laughs> Martin Helmer's mind. Like, oh, yeah. what is all the do? That a white man could never win something for the, Estonia. Well, <laughs> Tunnel's there, you know. Is he though? It would be great. It would be great if Ot Tanak's co-driver was black. That would be perfect. But I think he's yeah. another Estonian because is, yeah. Yeah. they speak. You can listen when you hear the car cam the toyota cam or whatever yeah. now it's hyundai they they speak in estonian yeah you can hear when he goes over the when the fucking when ot inevitably goes around the corner <laughs> misses the corner and goes into the lake and then they go as a fucking million dollar toyota hits the lake <laughs> but, but just to go back to the whole romania thing you're, yes. not, you're not actually you're the second australian i met in estonia who mm. who has romanian ancestry who else does who dares defy who wants as as most of these stories go i was drinking in <laughs> mad murphy's in, yeah. in Tallinn, and i just got chatting to this aussie fella and um this fella called wayne williamson never and i have him on facebook so uh. he might listen to this he probably won't but he's this weird guy who has infinite income 
and just constantly travels the world all the time. Are you sure you weren't looking in a mirror? Are you sure you weren't just no. really drunk and looking in the bathroom mirror? I'll, never, I'll never forget this guy. Yeah, Wayne. <laughs> you, Wayne. I like. Sorry, go ahead. I'll never forget this guy because he was so stereotypical bogan. Oh, I bet. Australian. Which is bogan is real knock us. Australian version yeah. of this. Oh, my fucking oath, man. I was ah. a fucking smoker at the bottle, you know, proper like. Mm. And I think he was from Wagga Wagga or something. Like oh, that, like. yeah. All those great names that are yeah. derived from Aboriginal words. So Wagga Wagga is a real place in Australia and it's derived oh, from yeah. the original Aboriginal name. One of the greatest Australian it. rugby players came from Wagga Wagga. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wollongong, Wollamaloo, mm -hmm. all these sort of great long words. They're all derived original from the Aboriginal. And name. there's a whole bunch of very inappropriate uh, named words in Australia as well that I found recently. For what? For like, everything? Or what? No, just na town names like fuck. Really? And uh, cock. And there's a town that's just the N-word. Really? Yeah, in not too far from Sydney, actually. Jesus. Anyway. <laughs> so we know this, so this is Australian bloke. Yeah, but like he he was so like rural and he was a country boy, mm. but he just had all this money for some reason. And oh. I, I never got it out of him why. And he's in Estonia. He he was in Estonia for like a week. Okay. And we hung out a few times mm. and... Um, and he left, and, he, and every day on Facebook now he's he's in Georgia or he's in Siberia. He could be in fucking Fiji, just constant traveling the whole time. Okay, I don't know what the fuck he does, but he oh. was he was the first. He was my first. Oh, fair <laughs> enough, not a bad life. Shit, <laughs> fucking if you can get it, jeez. But yeah, but he was telling me how um he's he's got Romanian heritage. Is that what you're going? Yeah, with? he found out that his grandmother was from Romania, hmm. so he um does a bunch of research, finds out that he still has family there, and he just shows up without telling them. Jesus. He just shows right up to the front door like, much. Hi, mate. I'm wine. I'm from uh, Australia. We're related, and he's my second name. And and the family instantly were like, oh, come in, come in. Yeah, he's got money. Yeah, well, no, he, but he he, he didn't, does not look like someone who has money. Yeah, right. He wears like a tattered fucking shirt, <laughs> you know, holes in his jeans. But uh, they just instantly took him in. Huh. And he was telling me like, oh, he was eating with the family and they drank. And so that's what you should do, Lewis. You should find the, your family, your long lost Romanian family. It's, it's and go back. tough for me because of the way that I was programmed when I was young. So you grow, we're growing up. I'm growing up. I'm an only child. Um, we're in Australia. And first of all, there was a, a very strong culture of like, you're in Aussie, you're Australian now. We're going to be Aussie. We're going to be Australian family. We're not going to be some wogs. Mm -hmm. By the way, wog in England, terrible slur yeah. in Australia, more like an endearing. If you say wog with a smile on your face, it's all right. Like, we talked about this with Ari. Yeah, actually. <laughs> it's all right. If you say it with a smile on your face, it's okay, right? If you don't mean bad by it, it yeah. can. Like, there's, like, if you say the N word, no matter what, you say it with You're a big fucked. smile on your place, face, it's probably worse. Yeah, yeah. Um, where this family, you know, the wog family, but, it's, but you're kind of trying to be Aussie, right? And then. I didn't know much about Romania. Like, fuck all did I know about Romania growing up. Um, I knew scant few things. All I knew is that at one stage, my uncle had been trying to get some of the family to come out. And my uncle was not a rich man, but he worked really hard uh, with the Land Rover mm -hmm. and the different jobs that he had and some investments. And so he worked really hard, really solid guy. He'd got a little bit of money and he had been giving that, sending that back to some family in Romania with the idea they would come out here. And something happened. I don't know the full story, but he sent a whole bunch of money for them to come out here and they never came. 
Mm. And they just took the money and kept it. And I'm a, now I still don't understand why the fuck wouldn't you just come to Australia? You're in fucking Romania, but okay. So the whole programming that I had when I was a kid, like Romanians are dodgy as fuck. That was everything my family told me. They are dodgy Eastern European fucks. Mm -hmm. um, to the point where when in 2006, when I first traveled to Europe, um, with my friend Dieter and my friend Adam, I fully believed, I fully believed back then that I could meet a girl from any country but Romania. Like if I brought back Swedish, German, Hungary, fuck it, that'll do, check, doesn't matter. But if I brought back Romanian, they would be like, she's going to take your money. She's just a scam. Like that's all I knew about <laughs> Romanians is yeah. my own people was they it's a scam. They're going to scam you. They want the money. That's all I knew about them. So it took me, uh, it's still kind of what I think about them. Yeah, uh, that's not going away. That's, no, uh, I know. it's hard to get rid of the programming. <laughs> that's how I blame my racism. <laughs> so I didn't grow up with a connection to these people. So there's no fucking way that I'm trying to find the family. Right, I, don't, I wouldn't even know. I wouldn't even know who it is. I've never tried to connect. My parents went to Romania. They're not trying to connect in any way. Oh, I would love to. I would love to find them. Spend like a fortune, find them. Yeah, I bet they're nice. Bring, bring them here. Yeah, I bet they're nice. Bet they're really switched on international. Lewis, come in for a podcast. There, we'll chat about. <laughs> we'll chat about Dave Benton or whatever. And then there's like a whole family of Romanians just sitting at the end of the table. Uh, Lewis, hello. <laughs> I understand, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I mean, like, uh, I'm very, I, I listen to your your stories about your uncle and all that, and I'm like, fuck, because my family has just been Irish forever. Forever, really? You know? From the same, even the same place or the same village? I don't, my mother's side of the family is a mystery, but my father's side is just. How is it a mystery? How can that be a mystery? Uh, You're in Ireland. What's the fucking mystery? She doesn't know her parents. Uh, oh, okay. So that's oh, type part of, of me, that's me being insensitive. And then, part of me. so I'm kind of like. <laughs> I've been advised to stay away from yeah, it, very good. but um, but my father's side are just, you know, fucking from Tier Shannon and Ballyhigh, tiny little parish. The whole for generation after I went back because you can go as far back as the eighteen hundreds in Irish records because there was a big fire in the hmm. Census Bureau or something in Dublin, and all the records from the twelve hundreds on up to the eighteen hundreds were lost. So. To look back on your family history, you can only go as far back as the 1800s. Hmm. I think there's one one record from 1749 that you can look at, but it's half burned and stuff. <laughs> so as far as I know, just been there since... Who knows? The dawn since we, of the time. Since we all came from Africa, I suppose. Yeah. Sineola Africa, Tim, hey. by the way. Just want to <laughs> tell you, okay. I, I, I saw, I've been seeing that a few times on the stickers on the back of cars. I love it. Maybe I should put it on the back of the Volvo. That would be hilarious <laughs> on the back of my Volvo. Yeah. Uh, Dave probably wouldn't like it. But no, right, I don't, sure. I don't think Dave's not from Africa, so it's fine. But so when I hear people talking about, and I, I kind of touched on this with Caleb a bit because he was, as Americans do, like going off on his heritage and... <laughs> I'm half German and I'm yeah, half this really, and half that. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, fuck, I'm just a potato. I'm just a spud, <laughs> man. That's it. Just potato. That's it. You know? How did the people of Ireland come to Ireland? You were... Well, we're, we're, well the, the, the Gaelic people mm. are, were, were Gaelic. just Indo-Europeans. Huh. So like yeah. all the Indo-Europeans, we came from the Caucasus in, in 
in Russia, basically. Okay, we came up that way. Yeah, which is mo- which is like sure Indo-European is French. Fucking the, the little that I have been understanding about history, and again, let's not take any history advice from the stupid Australian. But we've got the uh, let's go back to around the couple hundred centuries after Christ was born, and then we've got the Roman Empire, and they're doing Who? all right. Christ, Christ, Christ. Sorry, I know that fella. He's a good lad. Christ. Um. They're doing all right at that stage. A little bit of controversy after Aurelius dies, but all right. And then, but they're like the one place the Romans don't want to go is the Isle of England. And they now, still went there, though. Right, they still went there. They yeah. still had a shot. They built some wall in the middle, and then they get through. But how were the people of Ireland then different? It was just fucking hordes because the the Romans didn't want to go. The Romans were like, "Fucking, we've heard that these Irish, that these English, sorry, we've heard that the English." are just insane, savage motherfuckers. And that is extremely similar to the way Latvians thought about them when Ryanair first started flying <laughs> to Riga. But nevertheless, history repeats itself. Well, uh, well, the Romans were more kind of looking over Hadrian's Wall at the Scots thinking they're the savages. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Romans, they, they never really made an attempt to land in ireland because they got to come across one more they're like ah oh, fuck more water yeah. fuck this well, maybe they looked over the wall and looked at the savage scots and thought man if they if these fuckers are savages <laughs> what the fuck are those other celts over there doing yeah but no like they, um there's a bunch of like you, you can go super autistic into haplogroups and shit like that mm. but i like the mythology idea that the irish people came from um an egyptian um print princess called scota oh i like this who like the car scota no not <laughs> scota s-c-o-t-a oh. okay which is where scotia comes from which oh. is where scotland comes from but anyway um and she's apparently buried near um the town that i grew up in oh. in a place called scotia's glen shout out to scotia's glen north of truly all the boys in scotia's glen i'll see you soon lads hey. <laughs> but anyway uh well th- the myth is hmm. that we came from scotia and some other fella and we came to ireland where there was these Kings called the Tua de Danon, and we apparently came to an agreement with these lads that we would rule the overworld, mm-hmm. and we would leave them have the underworld, which is what? hell. Oh, yeah, that's a great deal. So we took Ireland, and they took hell. That's a great deal. You guys got Tell a good me, deal out of that. You take hell, fuck it, it's all yours. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it, don't give a shit. But like Irish mythology is insane, though. We have lots of crazy that's stuff. That's like going. Hey, that's cool. We're gonna rule, you know, northern Estonia or middle Estonia, but yeah. you can have Vudumar. Yeah, like Vudumar, <laughs> hell, the underworld. <laughs> but we actually came from fucking northern Spain, Galicia. Actually, you okay. know, like, you're, you're ethnically yeah. from those people. Okay. I mean, we're kind of like Ireland, Scotland, to a lesser extent the Welsh, and to a much lesser extent the Breton people, the the, the Brittany people. Mm-hmm. We're all Celtic. So we're like the last le- left over from the, the Indo-European Celtic people. Hmm. And um, basically we got on boats and came over and right. fucking... You were mad enough to go on boats yeah. over that water yeah. and then the Irish are mad enough to go over more water to come again. Yeah. yeah. But I'm glad we did because sure, look at me. Here sure, I am. Yeah, a fine <laughs> specimen. To be sure, to be sure. But I'm very kind of parochial and tribalistic about Ireland. Like I, I would consider myself a carry man first. Hmm. Way before I would consider that's myself. So Irish interesting person. the way that you think about that. And uh, I'm yeah. half, I'm half tempted to start to fire you up about Northern Ireland, but I know that I'm. Oh, my views on Northern Ireland yeah, have moderated over the years. 
Because when you're a kid, you're an edgy piece of shit who just wants to... Yeah, you know, fuck those cunts, man. Fucking more bombs. Yeah, more bombs. But now I just want everyone to just chill and hang out. And mm. Like, I love Belfast. It's a very nice... Have you been there to Belfast? I have not, no. It's a very nice city. Hmm. Um, but there are still parts where you have to watch yourself, you know? Why, now, what would... Does everybody have to watch themselves in Belfast? In Northern Ireland. So this is in Belfast. Yeah, is in North, Northern Ireland. Look, again, Australian stupid, so I'm just assuming everyone is stupid as me. I know you're not as stupid as me, but Belfast in Northern I'm more Ireland, stupid, actually. You're more stupid. I'm more, yeah. That's pretty stupid. Yeah. Um, okay, so does everybody, or is it somehow do they smell you that you're regular Irish? It's weird because in, the, in, in my lifetime, there's been a huge explosion of tourism in Belfast, hmm. uh, not just because of Game of Thrones, which is where really? it was is filmed it because in of Belfast. U2 or something. I don't know. No, it's because like I would term it trouble tourism, troubles tourism, trouble tourism. people wanting to go to Northern Ireland to look at the murals that were there. That we have these big murals on the side of buildings, big mm-hmm. paintings for um, people who died them during the the troubles, hunger strike fellows like Bobby Sands, who's the the most famous, one, the most well. I guess I can't I can't criticize considering I just told a, told a whole story about how I tried to get into South Ossetia for fun. Yeah, but that's interesting though. That's <laughs> yeah. like you don't have to try and get into Northern Ireland anymore. Okay, <laughs> you true, know? True. All right, I'll give but, you that. But I mean, there are still little tiny pockets of Belfast where, if you have a thick Irish accent, uh, you'd want to watch yourself. You know? How thick is thick? Do you have thick? No, no, okay. I don't know. Right, yeah. no. Can you turn on thick? Like I can fucking turn on Australian sort of. I, I could, you but like I, you'd have to give me a long sentence to say because yeah, okay, if I just yeah. say one word, like maybe some other Irish people around. Yeah. I if I get some other Aussies, then okay, I can turn it on. But, but I, if I if I try to sound super Australian to you, I end up like a bad crocodile hunter or something, like a bad Paul Hogan or something. Oh, fucking shrimp on the Barbie, you fucking guts. But do you actually put shrimp on the Barbie though? First of all, we don't call it shrimp. Prawns, right? Prawns, Prawns are what we call it. Now, yeah. shrimp is like the most amazing marketing campaign. But yeah, it's not unheard of. We're more likely to take a kilo of prawns from the local fish shop. Prawno. 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 <laughs> Everything's an O. Bottle O. I wanted to use bottle O. I, wanted to, I was writing a tweet the other day about like I needed to reference a bottle, uh, an alcohol shop. And I, and I wrote Bottolo. Just instinctively. Austra- instinctively wrote Bottolo. Wow. And because in Australia, we add O. So Bottle O is the liquor store in Australia. Smoke O is where Smoke you Smoke O, yeah, yeah. And I wrote Bottolo because it just sounded great. Like it's like one word, one distinct word, like O with vowels and Bottolo, O, Bottolo. Like it just rolls. And it sounded so good in the tweet. And then before I hit send, I realized like no one knows what the fuck a Bottolo is. <laughs> And I wrote, I think I put in the end liquor store and it doesn't. Ah, no. Nah, Twitter it's... should have, do you know the way you can translate tweets? Yeah. The Estonians should be able to translate bottle into alcohol pod or something. Yeah, it... right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah a great Australian thing. It's a warm day. It's hot. It's 35, 40 degrees. Hot as fuck, mate. Go down, you get a kilo of pra- boiled like fresh prawns, but boiled so they're cooked. Get a bit of mayonnaise, a bit of bread, and you just peel the prawns, sit by the water, and eat the prawns. Dip it in a bit of tartar sauce and eat that. That is, they're smart. boiled, but they're cold, right? Yes, they're cold, All right. but they're so they're cooked because not green green prawns would be like fresh, whatever. But then they get boiled, and so then they then they turn red. That's your if you've 
typically thought about a prawn. If it's red, that's already cooked. Green is... And how big are these prawns? Are they like... um, Because you know the way here, the fucking shrimps are like... Very small. I mean, the body would be... I don't know what that is. Like fucking half the length of my dick, mate. Um, Small. That's half the length of your dick? (laughs) No, Jesus Christ. You're like Uh, that black fella people are trolling people with online. You see that fella? No. You know that people would be like, oh man, check out this clickbaity thing. And you click it and it's this big buff black guy with a big massive dick oh, hanging right, out. Oh, right. No, unfortunately yeah. not. Rogan won't shut up about it, so I assume okay. you yeah. um, Like a prawn, like a big, it's just big, it's big and it's meaty and it's, that's what we get from a prawn. That's mm. what we're used to. But then again, I grew up in a small fishing village that looks like home and away. So I might have a different experience to other Australians. Do you miss Australia? A bit. Not, not in a way like, you've got to define miss. Because miss almost means like, oh, I miss home. Oh, I miss it. You're making fun I of wish, me now because that's me all over. I wish that I was there. <laughs> yeah, Tim's in pie there crying. Oh, the motherland. But like I miss Ireland not as a, not as a whole. I miss certain things. Certain things that I can't get or do here. But I miss it. Only, okay, sure. By that criteria, there are things that you can get or do in your home country that you miss. Tim Tams, right? Tim, oh. oh. There are, the things that I miss in Australia, I miss or wish for them only slightly more than stuff that is in any country. Like, I miss having a huge double-decker schnitzel in Vienna. I miss smoking weed and shooting guns in Atlanta with Dita, right? There's things that you can't do here that you can do everywhere. So there's things I can do in Australia, which is you get a kilo of prawns and sit in the hot sun and get sunburned. It's all about the prawns, man. It's all about the prawns. <laughs> now you're starting to get it. Now you're starting to get it. But I don't miss them significantly more than I miss getting high and shooting guns with Dita in Atlanta. Yeah. You yeah. know, like that was fucking great. Um, yeah, not... I, I don't have that, like, a, I, what I'm trying to say is there's not a yearning. Ah. Like some deep down, like, if only I could have the prawns and be racist towards a black person, Tony then Abbott. I would be Tony Abbott <laughs> turned back the boats. If only I could do that, then I would feel like I'm at home again. I don't feel that. No, I don't. Lucky I don't you. Yeah. Lucky you. I you struggle with that. Yeah, oh, struggle? man, every day. How? What, what, what are, is there, can you quantify that? What are some of the things you... Uh, it's simple shit for me, like, going into a petrol pump's in Ireland oh. and the woman is just nice to you you know she's just <laughs> nice to you she's like nice the implication to you. being they're not nice to you here no but like she's not being nice to you because her boss is telling you that you have to be nice to people she's just like naturally oh how's it going you know mm. you know that type of stuff okay but also mountains i miss mountains i do miss that true true I'll give uh, you that. but sure i can go to switzerland from yes. well i can't go anywhere now for mountains yeah, oh yeah <laughs> if you go down and stare at surmunamagi and squint and just, just hope squint. it's bigger um but lie, like lie on the ground and be like oh now it's bigger <laughs> <laughs> i miss black pudding okay i thought you were gonna say something else when you said black that's great i miss <laughs> i miss black people too because there's not that many of them here Black pudding. Okay, so you miss the I traditional saw. foods. So you can break that down. You miss some traditional foods. Yeah, but of just a, a little aside, I was in Asian Aroma yesterday getting some food, and um, these four black Volt drivers all came in at the same time. Mm. And I can tell from the accents that like two of them were West African, and the other two were like from from You're the South. Very culturally sensitive. It's yeah. not hard. It's trust good. me. Oh, okay. All right. 
But they were all just like having the crack, having the banter. Good. And I was like, oh, man, that's something I wish about being back in Ireland, being around my own people mm. all the time and just being able to have that crack and banter the whole time. Like I was talking to James Humphreys about this and he, he agreed that like the thing we miss the most is just being like going to a pub and being surrounded by, in his case, other Welsh people or in my case, other Irish people and mm. just instantly having that mm. connection that we've all had our whole lives. I can't do that here. I go in and I have the crack with someone in a store. I'm going to get glassed, you know? Or ignored. Or ignored, yeah. Yeah, true. Okay, so that can happen anywhere. I get that. I mean, maybe Estonians, they travel to Australia. Maybe yeah. Australia is not a good example because there's enough fucking Estonians in Australia. They travel anywhere else besides Australia or Canada and they can't find another Estonian. And yeah, so they same for them, right? Speaking their language, ragi, estikeles, you know... Okay, like they build these estimayas uh, all over the place. Oh, they love an estimaya. Sander performed in an estimaya in Melbourne. He's going to do it again. Uh, Sander uh, would like to go back to Australia end of the year. I forget why. Is it a marriage or something? Something's happening, and he's going to go back and see his friends in Melbourne. And so we're going to hook up another gig in the Melbourne estimaya. Last time he was there, we did one, and it was, it was like. 70, 80 people came. It was good. Yeah. Like, it's not bad for doing an Estonian language performance in the other side of the but world. like you said, they're so far from home. They're like, oh, they're eager to get anything that connects Yeah, them to them, you, you know? would hope that. Because that... Um, right, 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 right. That how far away are you from Estonia is a factor of your interest. So... Remember our friend Polius from Lithuania? Mm -hmm. They, Lithuanians, there's more, first of all, there's three times more Lithuanians. More than that, there's way more Lithuanians outside of Lithuania. Like, because they're, I don't know, poor as shit or something. I don't know what's up with Lithuanians. But there's loads of them in Norway doing the, I don't know, oil or whatever, yodeling, whatever the fuck. Tons of them in the UK. Loads of them. There are so many Lithuanians in the United Kingdom and then Norway. Polius and his fucking comedy Lithuania, whatever, Humor or Clubbers, that's what they're called. They do six shows in the United Kingdom in Lithuanian. They go on a fucking tour of the United Kingdom in Lithuanian. Like that's how many of them are there. And then here's the thing. They'll go on a tour of Norway. They do like four shows in Norway, not in Lithuanian. Yeah. That's how many of them are there. We tried a show in with Sander in London, 15 people in total. That's it. There's a lot more Estonians there though, you know? Right. I have a theory that there's something about, there's something cultural where little, a London is a little too close to home for an, for an Estonian. For It's a little too close to home to feel like, oh, I miss the home country. Oh, Koduma. I miss Kotuma. You see, this is this is what when you started talking about the Estonians who were in Australia, mm. I instantly went, "What the fuck are you talking about with you missing Ireland? You're three fucking hours away, you idiot." Uh, it's the same thing. Yeah, I shouldn't I think be. Fuck. Stuff, I, I think my theory is is the Estonians in London, they're just not that far away. It's a flight. It's a Ryanair flight. It's, it's not a, bus. a thing. It's a, a bus. bus. Yeah, yeah. It's not a thing. It's not a, like a longing. It's not like oh, I miss, I miss Van Emma. And Vanaisa and the blood sausage and the... No, no, it's... So, yes, I think more could come. However, when we did Sanders' show in London, we did it. And this was, well, my idea and it didn't work. We did it in a proper comedy club. 
Like it was the Bill Murray, which is a, mm-hmm. a proper comedy club. And it was a sunny day and 15 people came. And that was not financially viable for us. But I think that if they're now we've kind of got onto the idea because we were like, we're comedians. We do shit in comedy clubs. People will come. Now we're kind of onto the idea that we should do it in the Estimaya, even in London. Yeah. Right. Even in <laughs> yeah. London, we should do it in it's the Estimaya. Yeah. So, all right. So we think that more people will come to the Estimaya. But I just think there was something about it. Like the. So more people will come in Australia, yes. And maybe this time we might actually get around to uh, doing one in Sydney. There's an Esti Meyer in Sydney as well. I once in the in, um, I once went to an event at the Sydney Esti Meyer. Um, so I've since 2006, I've sort of been in Europe, let's say. But there was about, I don't know, six to 12 months. I can't remember, period that I moved back to Australia. I think around 2010, look, I don't remember these things, right? I was living back in Sydney in the eastern suburbs for about, let's say, 10 months. And in that time period, I had this small little one-bedroom apartment in the eastern suburbs, not far from the beach, beauty bonza, Australia style. It had a balcony bigger than the apartment. I loved it. And because I had enough friends in Estonia by that stage... And there's enough Estonians just on every freaking Qantas flight to Australia. So word got around that there's an Australian dude who lives not that far from the airport who will (laughs) give you a place to stay and will help you out. So I had in my 10 months, at least 10 Estonians come through. And so be like, yeah, you know, you can come stay for a night, ground yourself. I help you out, take you out for a beer, show you what's up. Just do friend to friends asking, you know, what's up. And- the other thing about Australia is that um, we don't have ID cards and mobile ID and all this, you know, fancy shit, right? Where's, Do you think that's better or worse, by the way? It's worse. It's so much worse. I like not having an ID. No, it's fucking terrible. Here's why it's terrible, right? So in Australia, if you want to prove who you are, you need an address. Doesn't matter where that address is, you need an address. If you want to open the bank account, if you want to do the the separate things that you need, it doesn't matter. And so they're Estonians. They're coming. They're probably going to travel around, maybe go to the farm. They don't have an address. So I'm like, hey, guys, don't worry about it. Sure, I'm only here for three more months before I move back. But I got friends who live in a share house down the street. And uh, Australian share houses, particularly with university students, are ever long. They are ever giving. They never die. Like one person moves out, another person moves in. One person moves out. Share houses will live for years and years and years because you have four rooms in a house, four students living there. One person moves out, another person moves in. One person moves out, another person moves in. They, they could be like, who owns that couch? We don't know. It's just always been in the house. And it, they kind of go, this is the Australian culture of it. So I said, hey, don't worry about it. Just register yourself at my friend's share house. So we had at least eight Estonians with their registered address as my friend's university share house in the eastern suburbs of Sydney, which is fine and not bad. But those friends would then, you know, call me up and they'd be like, yo, Lewis, we got like a whole bundle of mail here 
for like eight, <laughs> eight different people. Yeah. We can't even pronounce their names. <laughs> Who the fuck are these people? I'm like, no, 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 don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, they're Estonian and shit. It's great. So they were like extra ambassadors for Estonia, my friends. Uh, so I forget where I was going with this. But yeah, so I live in the eastern suburbs. That was their share house. Where were we going with this? Oh, we, you know, this is all about like the whole Estimaya thing. And right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So there was that time that I was living back in Australia. And then one, a friend of a friend, this uh, delightful young lady came and- You have so many delightful young ladies Delightful. In your life, just delightful. And as it turned out, I found out that there was an event at the Estimaya. Mm -hmm. There was some sort of theater. I wish I remembered who, because I would probably know who they are now, but I don't remember who they were. They're like, there's some sort of Estonian theater, kind of one person, maybe two person mono theater something. Um, I was like, hey, why didn't you come? It'll be a great, you know, what a great way to integrate. And I wrote to the Esti Meyer and I said, hey, well, here's the situation. I'm bringing my Estonian friend, but I'm Australian. I don't speak Estonian, but I'm going to hang out. What, how does this work? And they said, well, we can send you the script of the play in English. <laughs> and I went, okay, cool. So they sent me the script of the play and I printed out the script of the play in English. And we went to the theater at the Esti Meyer. And even then I kind of, and I sat there and I watched, it was about an hour. And I, I knew enough words that I could follow along. Like I could just pick out, I'm not trying to say like I understood, but I could read the script as they were doing the performance. Now, obviously my reading of the script is not synced to the speed of the performance, but I could understand sort of enough words here and there to be like, oh, we're up to here in the script. Now, at some stages I would get pages out of sync. However, I would be like, <laughs> and then I was like flipping through at the back of the room, reading this play as we went. And it was like a weird, like live translation reading a weird live subtitling of the theater that I was 10 years on still no be better. the same shit still the same shit so that HDMI in Sydney is it the same people who run it now or because when you were talking about the whole um um Estonians not feeling like they're too far away from home in London mm -hmm. type of thing is it because in in Australia yes they're very 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 far away from home mm -hmm. but also they're it's all short term usually short term visas right you get a one-year visa for australia but that's relatively short term anyway well i guess so i mean a year is still Whereas because australia is one of the four places in the world that an estonian can get a working holiday visa last time i checked and it's the only one of them that's sunny oh. what are the <laughs> other three canada and two other places you don't give a shit about i think madagascar probably some <laughs> shit like that that's why olga olga loshenko yeah. is in melbourne right now yeah. our comedian our friend olga uh, but maybe because in, in London, there's probably a lot more long-term resident Estonians there. Well, maybe some like, new shit before the Brexit. What is this Estonian language show? That's, could be, could know. be. So I look, it would be very interesting to talk to Olga in Melbourne if she has any connection with the Estonian community there. And is she performing it all over there? She Lots. Oh, no, she, no, she was going to have a show in the Melbourne Comedy Festival. So wow, to, okay. to back up, so our friend Olga Loshenko, she's one of the Comedy Estonia comedians, um, doing mics, doing great and decided she wanted to go to Australia with the working holiday visa. And um, uh, she did great because she did the thing comedians do, which is wherever you go, 
If you're a stand-up comedian, you can always bond with stand-up comedians. Mm-hmm. There are a few rare exceptions. Maybe if you move to fucking, I don't know, LA or New York, then it's a bit harder, sure, because you're mm-hmm. in an um, epicenter. But no matter where and you are- they're all dickheads over there. They're too. all dickheads, right? But no matter almost any city that you move to, you can bond with the comedians mm-hmm. because you, know, it, you have that common interest, stand-up comedy, right? I did that when I moved to Finland for a year. I, knew, I didn't have a job. I just knew comedians. They were my group. So she did exactly the same thing. She went to Melbourne, started to do mics, met comedians, and the comedians became her social group. Now, for better or for worse, as retarded as comedians are, at least they're the same retarded all around the world. And so she, you know, got into it. So she's been doing mics. That's a good way to put it. Same retarded everywhere as comedians. <laughs> And her and another Australian comedian who I didn't know before, his name is Ollie. They were going to do a like half-half show at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. I think like a week or something, a free show for a week run or something. Still, it's great. And uh, Olga, she messaged me and she's like, hey, we're going to do this show. What do you think? And she was still asking me. And we actually did the graphic design for that show. So she got a photo of her and Ollie and she told me the title and she sort of got MS Paint and scrolled over what she wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. And then we gave it to her. We gave it to our uh, uh, Kaisa, who is our Comedy Estonia graphic designer. Shout and out she to did Kaisa. it. Shout out to Kaisa. Love Comedy Estonia artwork. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of gave it to Olga as a gift. Like, here's the way I can help you. That's and- such a great infrastructural thing you have where she's on the other side of the world and she can say... I want this and this and this, and you can put together this professional poster. That's what I want. You know, it's yeah. it's great. So Olga got it, yeah, and and then and then fucking COVID, and now the show doesn't run. So it was, you know, but hey, one time. So yeah, that's kind Hopefully. of what I wanted. Yeah, I was hoping, like, whatever you want, Olga. Like, can I help you with the advice? Like, she was asking, you know, what can I do? Originally, when she first got there, she was like, well, there's some things at the festival. And they're sort of saying I can help out by like selling tickets or working the door or doing some stuff, but they don't really pay. And I'm like, she was like, should I do it? I'm like, yes, you should do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just just hustle. Just do it. Doesn't matter. You're not getting paid. Don't worry about it. And she's like, yeah, actually, you're right. Um, You know, so it's going to, because my my idea is that um, next time Ari needs to go to Melbourne, we've already got somebody on the ground. Ah, organize this show. It all comes together, Tim. You're the Emperor Palpatine. It all comes comedy. together. I'm, I'm coming back in an awkward plot twist in the Execute last show. Order sixty six. I am. <laughs> I am Palpatine. It's all we'll awkwardly. Take a break. I was just about to say that you're a beautiful man. I'll, I'll do the slow fade in too, Louis, just for you. Oh. Oh. Piss break. Oh. Welcome back from the piss break, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. Give it up for um, give it up for Louis Zezeran on saxophone, uh, Malagos Toots on drums, oh, Toots, and of course Oleg Kalkin on um, piano. Oh Oleg, I love you Oleg. He's watching me do the fitness. Thanks very much, lads, for bringing us back from the break. Yes, I've man. always wanted to be a radio man, Louis. Then you get your chance. We can all do it. Yeah, but a, but an actual radio man, you know? What is an actual? <laughs> <laughs> You know that the guy who does the heroin and the cocaine and then crashes, burns, loses his job and then kills Sounds himself. Like <laughs> so we were saying today on the live stream is Mikhail. So Carl and Ardido have been doing these daily live streams uh, with one of the Comedy Estonia crew. And then Carl says he's going to continue it next week. 
we've got more, we've got Popov, we've got Klaus, we got Tower, we've got loads. I think we probably, if you go through it, we've probably got three weeks, like three, like 15, right? You could do 15 of us and make a show out of it. And then after, well, that's three weeks. Then you just start from the start again because live stream is just talk. It's just chat. It's just- But live stream is so much better because it's instant yes, engagement. That's you know? what I mean. And you don't need to have a plan. <clears throat> yep. It's not like, I mean, this is what I've discovered from it is this is very different to a live stream. Here we're talking. I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking about the Land Rovers in Vika Mariama or Joseph Stalin on the live stream. No, I'm- You could live stream the Land Rovers in Vika Mariama. You could, <laughs> but it, I think it adds a different element to it. There is a different level of intimacy, even when we know it's just recorded and it's not going live. But when it's live stream, we're having fun, we're being silly, we're jumping around, we're saying, you know, stu I watched the one with Ari yesterday. He's going through his fucking fridge. You know, talk, he's got milk, exactly, yeah. milk and whatever it was, Bailey's or something. So this is a nice segue because I want to mm. talk to you about this. Okay. Because I have a plan. Mm. Ich habe a plan. <laughs> Großer plan. Großer plan. Uh, I've always wanted to sh live stream my drives around the place. Okay. From the, my plan would be to have a front facing camera out the front and then a back facing camera on me. Mm -hmm. And my little, small little Irish head would be in the corner. And I would just be driving around talking shit. Mm. And uh, I, I remember, I think I sent you this video of me being an idiot, me being an idiot in Poida once, putting on an American accent. Mm. Remember that video of me going around the place? Oh, here I am outside. Oh, yeah, vaguely. Yeah. I want to do, I want to just live stream drives okay. around. W maybe resurrecting the old comedians in cars thing that we did years and years ago. Do it, do it. But do it. live stream it. Hmm. So I think I might do this. I think the, okay. I think it's a great idea. I think you can do it. I think that'd be very interesting. Hmm. Like all things, when I first hear them, I think what is the simplest version of that that we can do to get started? And I think that when you're in a car, mobile, it's hard to do multiple cameras. It's not. What? How? I figured out a way. How? Tell me. <clears throat> I have a tablet. Okay. And it has the same, it has the, the stream box that I ordered, you know, with the button thing. Mm. It has the same software on that. Okay. So you just have the tablet and you switch. Really? Things. Yeah. Honestly? So what two cameras? You have you your use? hands in the wheel and then yeah. you, you actually avert your eyes from the road mm. down to this, the tablet and you, you mess around with the buttons. But you kind of wanted one. Yeah. One, one fixed thing. So there'd be no camera switching at all. So what, but what, you're going to have one camera pointing yeah. at the front, yeah. one it, camera on you. On, that's it. And then yeah. it, it will be like like a video game Twitch stream. Okay, so if you want to talk, then you kind of just go like, uh, off to the side. No, I'm always at the corner. Oh, okay. Like a regular Twitch stream, you know? Right, like a, okay. But driving around. So somehow, um, I love your idea, except for the bit where you think it's going to be two cameras. Because that... If you can get it going, it just, to me, that sounds like the weak point in what, this what's idea. What's the issue with the two cameras? It sounds too technical. Why? If you can do it, do it. But, but you, you were doing it the other day. In a studio with power and internet and like solid, like not in a car that's driving around. This is much easier to do than you think. All right, all right. If you can do it, I'm just trying to say, is my, I think that's the weak part of the plan. That's idea number one. I would be like, just put a camera up and do it. And then later worry about the two streams and the green and the camera in camera and all that. 
Leave like, it with oh, me. Leave it with okay, me. Okay, okay, okay. I'll blow your fucking mind. All right, I love it. I love it. I'm going right. to not do this because I'm a lazy piece of shit. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> yes. We want the easiest solution possible. My second idea, which was, and you know what? Mm -hmm. I love um, Kenji Lopez Alt. You know Kenji Lopez Alt? No. He's um, a chef in Los Angeles who. He. he he's done stuff with First We Feast. He's done a lot of stuff on the YouTube food scene. Okay. And he started like mounting a GoPro on his head mm. and making cooking videos from his this is good. kitchen. This is good. Motherfucker stole my idea. Because oh, oh. I used to do that years ago. And uh, and then I got lazy mm. and I didn't do it no more. But I, I, I was thinking maybe I mount a GoPro on my head and live stream me cooking shit. Do it with Sander. That's the thing. Am I, am I stepping on Sanders toes no, now by doing no, this? Do no, okay. Here's why you should do that. All right. It'd be live stream though. It wouldn't be like a video. Yeah, yeah. Just together. do it. I'll tell you why. D deliberately step on his toes so it annoys him and then he does it. Like with all the things, you need to present the idea first. Mm. Deliberately. First of all, you're not really stepping on his toes because you're there with him which is the first part, yeah. right? So you're not really like doing your own thing. Secondly, do it because that shows that it can be done and that it's interesting. I am convinced. Oh my God, I've been trying to get Santa to do the cooking show for years. First, <clears throat> and now he's into it, But right? now he's into he's it. He's really into which it, Which yeah. is great and it's inspiring me because every time I see every day, he puts a new video up every day and every time I get that fucking YouTube notification on my phone, and I see like Sander has a new cooking video. I'm like, motherfucker, if Sander's doing videos, I better get busy and make another podcast. So it's inspiring me to keep on producing Who content. Who would have thought a global pandemic is all we needed to get the fire under our holes? Inspiring, huh? right? But do it. Just I will. I'll do that. I'll like, order the GoPro. Show <laughs> how good it is. I'm financially committed now. I, I already so, ordered the I so want to see a live version of Sander's cooking show. Great. Because again, like his nice, his current one is is not scripted, but it's edited and it's cut down, and you know he does work, and that's what it should be is a good thing. But I think we all would love to just see forty minutes, start to finish, him doing his thing. People in know. the comments saying, "Oh, he didn't wash his hands." Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, this would be the greatest. But that was my plan because I used to watch this, and this is how sad my life was. There used to be a fellow who worked in a Hooters in Atlanta. <laughs> Yes. In Georgia. And he used to live stream it from a GoPro on his head huh. until he got in trouble from his management because he didn't tell them he was streaming. Right. And he stopped. And I used to watch this shit religiously every day. Right. So I want to do that now. Totally. I can't wait. So Sanders says he's getting, he said something about he's getting a broadband because he lives in the fucking wilderness of Viliandi. Uh, he's getting some broadband this Friday. And then after that, because he's also on Ardo and Carl on Friday as well. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a coincidence, <clears throat> but yeah, we've, so I'm going on Sunday and I'm going to, just cause I need to go to Viliandi anyway. So I'm going to go record to him, but it won't be live streamed, but swear to God, just put a camera on him and live stream it. It's going to be fine. It's going to be, sometimes he just needs the kick. Like just here's how it works and it's going to be fine. I swear to God. Well, I I'm throwing these ideas at you because they're ideas that I've had, but also I kind of drunkenly bought a GoPro and I... <laughs> you need to drunk... I tell you, Tim, you need to drunkenly buy us some more studio foam for the walls. Do you know what you should... Um, have you you've heard about the whole egg carton thing? 
Sure, you can put egg yeah. cartons on the wall. Just We're talking about the, the studio wall. that we have here in Teleskivi, this room we're in right now. If you've seen any of the videos that uh, that I've done from this room, we know that we've just got old comedy posters on the wall. And that's cool, but it's not very acoustically suitable. And I kind of got a small batch of of that like foam, you know, that if you've ever seen that studio foam that's meant to do that. Dominatrix foam. Right. But because we're also retarded with construction, it's still sitting in a pile in the corner and we've never put it up. And it wasn't until two days ago that Tim comes along and he's like, well, I can do it. And he puts <laughs> spray spray glue and it actually has applied these foam squares to the yeah. wall. I'm surprised that worked, by the way, because my plan was to to use the spray glue on cardboard, put the foam on the cardboard and then mount the cardboard Jesus, with tape. But it actually worked. So I'm good with electricity, but like construction, I got no fucking idea. So drunkenly buy us some more foam to cover the rest of these walls. That would like, <laughs> every, Ari's gonna give you a jerk if that's the case. Like we're all gonna, everybody wants that. Yeah, I, I look into it. I told Daniel to suck up to you. I was like, Daniel, we need the foam. <laughs> <Daniel's>, Daniel <laughs> sucks up to me anyway. <laughs> Daniel's a weird, Daniel's a weird guy. I'd like to have a conversation with Daniel where he's not- Daniel on. I'd like to have a conversation with him when he's not trying too hard. Trying too hard too much with me. Uh, Dan, settle down, relax. Okay. Let's have a conversation. How to get him. How do you think, could he, is it if he's drunk or if he's... I just let him hit me once and we'll be fine. <laughs> That's how we do it back in the old country, man. <laughs> <laughs> Punch me, just, just give me one right here. He we'll... can't, he's in lockdown. They're not doing uh, Paikas Yankud podcast because Daniel Parents lives at are, home. Yeah, yeah. So he's in the risk group, so he can't come out. So they got to... They could do it over Skype himself and they Roger. did. I mean, Carl and Ard did a Skype with him the other day. But himself and Roger could do it over Skype. You know? Yeah, they haven't. I know. Yeah. Poor Roger. He's he's immune. I mean, Roger from his rich family is just immune to like life. Even if know, a cloud like, of COVID is coming from, he just has to smile at the cloud and it'll go away. Yeah. You know, this, the cloud of COVID will ask for Roger's autograph <laughs> and then leave politely. <laughs> So I have some notes here, Lewis. Okay, we got notes. Let's do it. Because we're approaching the end of all things, Ooh, okay. uh, not just the podcast. <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, I actually wanted to ask you, because we talk a lot about video games, mm -hmm. and we talk we talk a lot about your, your Japan adventures and mm -hmm. and your purchases and stuff. But what were, what were the games you played when you were a child? Sure. When I was quite uh, young enough, I had an Amiga 500. And Amiga was a, it was a, a computer that was developed in uh, England, and so it was more common in the Commonwealth rather than America or maybe even Estonia. It was a computer, and you put floppy disks in. You remember the small, square, mm -hmm. hard disks, not the big floppy ones. They were called floppies, but they were hard. And Amiga was a computer, and I, my parents bought me the Amiga because it looked like a computer. It looked like something serious. It wasn't a Sega or a Nintendo that was just- Did it games. have a keyboard? It had a keyboard. Ooh. It was all built in. It was like yeah. a keyboard, with the whole computer built into Before it. Before my time now, so. And uh, I had one of those. And I used to, I realized how much time I had as a kid. I used to play adventure games like uh, Monkey Island and uh, these adventure games, Police Quest, Space Quest. <laughs> Police Quest, man, classic. Yeah, Sam and Max, these are great old, oh, maybe Sam and Max was PC. But anyway, Monkey Quest, that Monkey Island, definitely on that. So when you so say that, adventure games, you mean point and click? Point and click adventure games. Go very forward, slow, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. 
games where you had to explore and click and look and think about obtuse puzzles and it wasn't the bang 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 shit that the kids no, today have yeah, no. yeah no i but i still love that i still love a shoot ironically today i still love a shoot 'em up which is just like a because today if i look at a playstation or an xbox it's a lot of uh like I don't know, grand theft auto and it's fucking a million hours of gameplay very violent you've got to get into the story and it takes you five hours before the game even starts and oh, there's a whole world and adventure yeah. and i one of the reasons i love retro games is going just fire it up and be like bam, 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 and i'm done yeah it's like an arcade like the old i'm old enough to remember arcades when you would go down to the milk shop the milk bar, the milk, the <laughs> milkshake bar. I swear to God, it was a real thing. It sounds like something that came out of a TV show, The Milk Bar, which was a, a, a essentially a cafeteria, I guess, but you didn't really sit down. And there was a counter and the guy would make you a milkshake and you would go and, but it wasn't a coffee shop either. Like it was like, cause you would just walk in and there was nowhere to sit. There was just, maybe he would serve deli meats as well. Like it was random, but he would make a killer milkshake and you would go down and buy a milkshake. And then also somewhere there, there would be these arcade video machines that you could put a few for us in Australia, be 20 cent coins in America quarters. And, you know, you play these very short games that would, Mm -hmm. it's time for another 20 cents. Yeah. I'm old enough to remember that and to have done that. All the in See Australia, who the high score? Who yeah, it would be the, the fish and chip you know? shop. Oh, the, fi- the chippy! The chippy in Australia would always have. We would get five dollars and we would get to buy some fish and chips. And it would be like, do I want more chips or more video games? And <sighs> Those you would have to decide the- with oh, your five dollars. So I'm old enough to remember that. So that's why I, I still like those old. I'm not as much into. I don't want to play, I don't know, the fucking Call of Duty. Call of Duty. I'm trying to even Call of Duty. I'm trying to think of all those new games. I don't know all the new games that take hours and they suck you in. And it's a whole adventure. And- oh, like RPGs, like Final Fantasy. I don't know, whatever the yeah. fuck people do. But it, isn't it amazing that, because I remember back then as well, old games, you, you put the cartridge in, you put the floppy in, mm. you're in, you start playing. Mm. And then in the PS2, PS3, loading time started getting longer. And now the next generation, the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, Mm. their big selling point is, we're putting SSDs in our consoles. No loading times. As if this is a new, amazing thing. But what what balances that off is, okay, I just bought, so there's the new Doom that just came out, Doom Eternal. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm, well, it's COVID and no one's got any money, so I'm not buying an 80 euro game. But, what did also just come out is the remaster of Doom 64. Mm-hmm. And Doom 64 was Doom on the Nintendo 64, which was an amazing version of Doom. It was like completely new levels, completely new game. It's a great Doom game to play in the classic Doom style, but it was only ever released on Nintendo 64, something that only Ari Mati Mustanen had in Estonia, thanks to rich Finnish dad. Like no one in Estonia had, it was only, and it's never been released on any other platform except for right now with Doom Eternal. It got, you can play it on PS4, Xbox, PC, blah, blah, blah. The amazing thing about that is 
For people who don't know, the N64 controller was that weird center stick. Three thing, three with tongs. The, with the two tongs on either side. Yeah. So you had to work to be good at that game. Same with GoldenEye back then. You, sure. know? you had to work hard to be decent at those games. Now it's just fucking two sticks and you're, you're away. So Doom 64 on my Xbox was $4.99, five euros. I'm like, cool. I love, look, I already have that on like every download. I already have it on my Mac. I could play it there, but I'm like, fuck it. I want to sit on my big TV and, you know, play it there. So I pay my five euros. I want to enjoy the game. And so exactly what you're saying, Tim, like, oh, we've got the discs. It should make the faster loading. But now when you load up Doom 64, it plays the Doom 64 logo, then the Bethesda logo, mm. then the logo for some other bullshit company, and then the the engine that drives it, and then the company that makes the engine that drives it. It yeah. takes a long time to load this game, not because of the fast speed of the hard disk, but because there's so much bullshit- Branding and Branding shit, yeah. that goes on before it, which is gonna be, I think, the flip side to the next generation. Well, what they're saying is that you will literally be able to just get right into the game without any menu. Yeah, they, they mean from the it. menu. Yeah, from the menu, it might be very fast, but I don't know. I'm like, why do I, I've got to wait? Like a sixty, it's at least sixty seconds. You've got to wait. Oh, a whole minute. It, it's not loading. It's the sim. Like this is an old game. It's an old game on an Xbox. It should be bam, bam, yeah, bam. Yeah. But there's all these dumb logos that you can't skip through. So, do you have a game that you? Because I hate some some people ask me like, "What's your favorite game of all time?" Sure. No, like, do you have a game that you go back to that you played when you were younger that you play every now and then, start to finish, just because it was so like an important mm. game for you? I wish that I was into those old adventure games because when I was a kid, I spent so many hours on Monkey Island, clicking and walking and trying to solve the puzzle. I don't have that time anymore. I don't do that. For me, it's Doom. Good old fashioned mm. Doom. I have it on my Mac. It plays great wherever I am. I'm on a plane. I'm on a bus. Whatever. I can play Doom. Bam, 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 bam. Shoot. There's no thinking. Are you saying like out loud in the bus? Bam, 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 bam. bam. <laughs> I would play Quake Three, but you need a mouse for that. Like Doom is so simple, you can play it on a keyboard. Right, Quake Three. I love Quake Three Arena. You're jumping around. You're moving around. It's rocket jumps and all this bullshit. Right. But Doom, you can play with a keyboard because it was around, it's so old. Yeah. So I would just play Doom nonstop. Like I I, I was on, a, I think it was when I went to Atlanta, like I was playing on the flight. And then when I got off the flight, being the fucking Americans who want to talk to you all the time, they're like, oh man, hey, I saw you were playing Doom, but I didn't recognize those levels that you were playing. Is that some new map? And I was like, yeah, actually it is a new map. <laughs> It just came out. It's called Seagull. It's by John Romero. It's like, oh, wow, that's cool, man. I'm like, why the fuck are you talking to me? Oh, I'm in America now. Okay, people talk to you. You should just go bam, right. bam, 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 right into his bam, face. Bam, 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 bam. So Doom. Doom would be the answer. Doom is Doom is eternal. For a lot me. of people who don't, who weren't around back then, you remember where first-person games used to go between, like, Doom would be WASD, mm. but another game would be the arrow keys. Oh, okay, sure. You would have yeah. to switch back and forth. There was yeah, no right. industry standard back yeah, then. Right. Tough old times, man. They were difficult. Kids today, huh? Oh, 
Oh, the kids today. What was it for you? What What's the old game for you that would you would always go back to? Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past. Oh, really? On PlayStation? Oh, no, not Play. Sorry, SNES. SNES. I yeah, played Super Nintendo. Literally every single year since 1995. Huh. I played that game every year. Are you playing on an emulator now? Because you don't have a Super Nintendo. I do. You gave me one. <laughs> did I? You did. Yeah. Oh, fucking. I oh wait, did. no, that's the one I bought. You gave me the PS One. No, PS1. wait. We found a PS One in the secondhand shop in Baida. Right. The uh, only time yes. that I have ever found anything decent in terms of video games in a Us Kasutus Keskus in Estonia was <laughs> the Us Kasutus Keskus in Paide. Yeah. And it was a PlayStation 1 for 15 euros, which it I bullied him into buying. But it was me, you and Ari. Yeah. And we were just talking shit the whole time. And all the staff were laughing at us. <laughs> Oh man. But yeah, no, a link to the past is my Okay, on Super that, Nintendo, it's just okay. it's the it's the perfect game. There's it's a flawless game. Oh. Have you played it? I haven't. I haven't played a lot oh, of Link. I haven't I have not so played any there, Zelda or Link. Like I'm not a huge Zelda fan. Mm. I, I I never played Ocarina of Time. Never mm. played Ocarina. We, and everyone's like, "Oh, you fucking No, I never played Ocarina of Time. Never played you have a Switch? Do you have a Switch? Switch, yeah. You know, you got Breath of the Wild? I played Breath of the Wild, yeah. Okay. How do you feel the Breath of the Wild compares to Link to the Past? Favorably, because Link to the Past and Breath of the Wild have the same overall design concept of the game starts, you can go everywhere. Mm. You can choose the order of the dungeons, kind of. Um, it, like, uh, Link to the Past was the first true open world RPGs. Mm. The first Legend of Zelda, yeah, but it was very kind of limited in where and what, what you could do. Sure. But in A Link to the Past, you could make choices based on your situation. Mm. I could go up here, but I could go here and I could go here. If I go here, branches out. If I go here, branches out. All in real time. So Breath of the Wild is a lot like that. Mm. It's very, very open. You can choose the, where you go, the order, what you do. But Breath of the Wild is a, is like a current gen game. Mm. Link to the Past came out in the fucking early 90s. Sure. Blew my mind as a kid. And I remember, because my parents bought it for my brother, and I would only watch. I would. I, I never got to play games. My brother, being the fucking alpha, four, year old, four years older than me, brother he was, he played the games and I watched. But I was a smart little fucker back then. He got stuck... In in <laughs> this is a formative moment for me, Lewis. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm, 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 he got I can feel stuck it. in a link to the past. There's a moment where you go from the light world to the dark world. Uh. The dark world is like a mirror of the light world, but dark. Oh. You know, so the, in the first dungeon, the Eastern Palace in in the dark world, he mm. got stuck. He couldn't find this hammer. He needed this giant hammer mm. to to pound down these posts to get to the next section of the the dungeon. He couldn't find it. And I, I watched him be frustrated, like, who the fuck's this hammer? Oh, the game's broken. <laughs> the game's broken. The game's cheating. So he fucked off to school one day, and I stayed at home because I was sick. And I pressed that glorious start button, picked up the controller, and I knew where the hammer was. I just fucking, I knew it was just, just go through this door and across this bridge. Ignore the little pig fella who's trying to kick you off. Go around through the maze, get the big key, and get the hammer. I got the hammer. Beat the boss, saved it. He came home from school, turned on the console. I got the fucking hammer, man. Oh, yeah, fucking hammer, yeah, class, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, man, we're going to go to the next... Never acknowledging that I did it. 
Did he realize? He did, of course, but he would never admit it to himself even. He's forgotten this, but this is some, never forget. This is some deep, reedy family details here that you helped him through something, but he would never, he can't bring himself to admit that his brother helped him. I think it was the beginning of me doing nice things for other people and being okay with not getting any recognition back. That's where it began. Because I didn't care. I did it. It was like, yeah, I figured it out. This mm. is great. And then I watched him finish the rest of the game. And that was it. I know nothing about your brother. You have a brother? I do, an older brother, yeah. Huh. Gerard. Gerard. He's okay. unfortunately out of work at the moment. He's four years well, as many people are around the world. So he's older. He works in hospitality. He's, four, he's fucked. He's four years older than you. He is, yeah. Okay, he still lives in Ireland, does he? He does in the east of Ireland, ironically enough, in a town called Gory. Gory, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Very sister, sister city yeah. to uh, yeah. Georgia Gory. So okay. he um, he works in um, a hotel there doing... Ho um, he's a manager of the restaurant. So, okay. You know. And he's obviously, okay, the tourism yeah. sector is taking a little bit of a hit right he, now. He couldn't find the hammer, Lewis. He, he couldn't, couldn't find, find the hammer. hammer. He couldn't find the fucking hammer. So you hammer. feel like you will always have that over him? No, not have like, it. No, no matter me, what. Like, no, no. For me, it was just like a, I, I, I knew how to do it. Yeah. I will always the little have runt, the little runt who doesn't know anything. He fucking knew where the that hammer was, was man. Yeah. Oh. And I didn't take no. Today I'm taking credit for it now, in the studio in Estonia. But you know, but all of this was was a part of why this game is so fucking. It's such a big thing to me, like this game. Well, there was that one detail that you could find that you knew that he. Yeah, I, I, I saw mean, it while he was playing. I saw it. Right. I said nothing. Let, let him hang himself and then I'll, I'll come in and clean up. <laughs> yeah. How far away is this place that... Uh, I don't understand Ireland geography. So how far away well, is it from where you grew up? Tralee was where we grew up. Tralee would be like um, Gurusara. Okay. And Gori would be Narva. So oh, the okay. complete opposite part. Same physical distance or... Close to it, I would say. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. okay, so quite opposite parts of the country yeah. that your so brother would take about lives in now four and a half hours okay. to drive but is it is it like okay well in a, the estonian example is that if you grew up in kudasade and you're now living in narva be like what the fuck well, yeah culturally it, you'd be culturally fucking, but is it that no same no, no. Well, no i okay. mean kind of the, like the east west thing is the thing but, but but not the way it is here yeah, okay it's <laughs> very east west here yeah okay but yeah, he's there now in Gory, living in a house with 34 cats. <laughs> 34 cats? Are they his or his partners? His partners, yeah. Well, okay. they, 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 they rescue cats together. So. Okay, well, that's nice. Yeah, good luck nice. to them. I, you know, you know, you'd want to slow down with the old cats there in the middle of the COVID. But <laughs> 34, you know. I've heard cats can have the COVID. Can and they? I was a little bit worried because the other day that me and my girlfriend were in the apartment and... Um, the neighbor's cat just came to the back door. This black cat. I've seen it walking around the whole apartment building. And the cat came to the door and I was like, oh, Kisu. And I let the cat in the, and the cat walked you around my said apartment. Kisu. Kisu. You're, you're integrated, Lewis. Must Kisu. And the Must Kisu walks in. <laughs> must. Must. Must Kisu. <laughs> and the cat walks around and then it walks out again. And, you know, I guess cat, that's what they do, right? But then later on, I was like, oh, cats can have COVID? Oh, shit. I got the COVID from the cat. Can they cats transmit it though? Apparently. I don't know. Look, I've heard just all I know is that apparently the cats can, you got to watch out. The cats have got it too. No one's You safe. know, I'm going to get a message from my brother now saying, I knew where the hammer was the whole time. Is he listening? Is he really? <laughs> he probably will. I don't know. 
<laughs> so what else would you be doing listening to me talking shit like? <laughs> what else you got to do? Whatever else you got to do in your piece of shit life, older brother, except listen to me rabble on in Estonian. All right, what other notes do we have? Okay, you got some notes? We like notes. Oh, Struth. I don't actually. I, we've covered everything. Salto set There's one about like, so you're 40 now, right? That is, and look, it is something that I cannot comprehend. That I am 40 years of age. You go like, I'm 40. Fuck, you're 40 now. But my follow-on question would be, do, oh, yeah. do, you, miss, do you miss the person you were 10 years ago? No, nah, because I was fucking retarded. But is there any part of that you miss? All right, I'll tell you the Not the person, but the situation or whatever, you know? Okay, 10 years ago, I experienced a lot of anxiety. I experienced a lot of, I don't know if you want to call it bipolar or whatever or fucking what, but like up and down. Mental health issues. Mental health issues, very strongly. And I have talked about it on my podcast a bit. So now you're on my podcast. But now I'm on yours. That's right. <laughs> so an up and down, right? And I've I've experienced this ever since I was old enough to work it out, since like 17, 18, right? These ups and these downs. And I would experience strong ups, which is what you might identify with the energy and the enthusiasm that I have. Like, yeah, yeah, we're doing it. It's great. Fuck it. We're doing all this stuff and I'm going nonstop and it's awesome. And you would have these ups, but they would be punctuated by downs. And so you can imagine it as a big curve. You're going up and then you're going down. You're going up and you would up, up, up and down, down, down. And the ups are amazing because you're on top of the world, baby. You can make it happen. You're talking, you're doing stuff. You're going nuts uh, in terms of you're talking to members of the opposite sex and you're like, yeah, I've got it going on. I'm good. I'm good. Bam, 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 bam. All these things. And you're feeling great. But then when you're in that mode, that's got the opposite. The yin and the yang is the downs. And the downs would be quite difficult depression, quite down times, quite hard downs. You were always very good at hiding it though. Right, right. And maybe I was. You were. Maybe, maybe I was good at hiding it, right? But there was every up gets a down eventually over time. And part of like getting a bit better and dealing with it is I, I think of it as scrubbing off. If you think of it as like a, think of it like a sine wave, like a fucking whatever on the graph, right? On the up and the down, the up and down. You're scrubbing off the high highs and, and the low lows. The graph isn't as big. It's a smaller up and up, like... And you want to do that because the downs are bad and the downs are the worst and the downs are the worst feeling that you've ever had. And it's difficult because the ups were amazing and the ups were great. And when you were up, you were king of the world. And when you were up, it was... And when you try to become healthier and you try to become more stable and you try to sort out your life and your life isn't haphazard and isn't crazy and isn't your life isn't in taken over by alcohol and drugs and your life isn't controlled by what chick are you chatting up today and this sort of stuff and that that produces a stability and that produces something quite good which is stable and it's the way to go because the up and the down is not good. So 
Life today is more stable. Life today is more centered. And it's not about, oh, how can I get high? And I mean high in terms of drugs or alcohol or even just how can I get that how can I get that hit today and keep on rocking on, you know, keep on going nuts. And so if you look at all of life, you can go like today is better. Life is better. I don't suffer from those problems. I feel satisfied that I have made accomplishments and the people that I have around me, these are good, solid things. And I, uh, you feel more, I don't know, genuine and sustainable goodness about it. And that is all in all a much better situation than I used to be in. But there are moments where you can't help but miss the crazy highs. The crazy highs were great. The manic is a word I might use for them. The up-ups were so up. The ups were just, oh, I'm on fire and I'm burning and everything's going great. And I'm the man. All the things are rocking on. And yeah, you don't quite have the same manic highs anymore because you've deliberately scrubbed them off. And you, you, that also means that you've scrubbed off the low lows, which is what you're really trying to get rid of because they were fucked. And the high highs are not really... A I don't know, it's like taking a drug or something, right? Like I'm high, high, I'm, I take something and I get really great and you're like, oh, this is great. It, I guess the equivalent is like taking a drug and then going like, oh, I'm really high, high now, right? Uh, it's great, I miss that. So you can still miss the high highs and you just miss, but you know they're not healthy and you know they're not good for you and you know they have consequence but goddamn, you can still miss them. I still miss that, you know, thing. And I, yeah. While you're talking there, I'm just imagining you like, when you talk about the high highs, that like you're climbing out of this hole and like this hole, this dark hole, and then you're climbing towards this light to the edge of the hole. Sure. And then you're nearing the top and you're like, yeah, and then you're dragged back down into the hole. And then now you've like climbed out of the hole. Mm. And you're like outside of the hole, but the hole is still behind you. <laughs> still the right behind you. The metaphor I use, okay, that's a one metaphor, climbing out of a hole and then getting away from the hole. The it's metaphor- still there though. It's still there. Okay, sure. That is one way to look at it. The metaphor I use, the way I think about myself is the metaphor of a house. So the metaphor I use is the house that you feel terrible with the ups and the downs and now I'm in a down and now I feel bad. And that's like nothing. There's nothing there. And so you think, okay, I'm going to be good. I'm going to fucking get better. And so what does a house need? A house needs a foundation and you put down a foundation and then maybe you put up a couple of sticks, a couple of walls. We're starting to do it. And then boom, the tornado comes through again and tears down everything and it's all fucking gone. And to me, that was the up and the down. I would try to rebuild myself, try to get somewhere again but the house could never get built because the foundation would get washed away. Something would happen. And that's what going on antidepressants did for me. 
So there were some very low moments, uh, even coming back to several years back. And I decided this is so fucked. This is so bad. I don't give a shit what drugs the doctor gives me. Because maybe I had some preconceptions about what antidepressants are, about how they will affect you. Uh, maybe there's some people out there listening who are like, oh, I don't want to go on the drugs. The drugs affect you or something. I don't need the things to help me feel better. I Maybe I had those. I would be one of, of those people, by the way. Right. So. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And I get it. There was a stage where I felt so bad, so shit, so low that I went, you know what? I don't give a fuck anymore. I don't give a fuck what these drugs, what the hell they're going to do. Anything has to be better than this. And so I went to the doctor and said, because I'd already gone to the doctor and said, I don't want to take the antidepressants. I don't want to do that shit. And I went back to the doctor, the patter asked here in Estonia. And I said, all right, I'm ready. What do you got? Give it to me. I don't give a shit. It can't be worse than this. So um, thanks to some friends, uh, I had some. So if you take antidepressants, they don't kick in straight away. They take like a month to build up in your system. And so the doctor gave me a run of Xanax, which got me through the month because some friend of mine gave me some Xanax and I went like, oh, this shit works. Now, Xanax is very addictive and it's a short-term, it's not a long-term solution. So the doctor, was, I thank her very much. She gave me a short-term run of Xanax, which got me through the month. And she also gave me the fucking antidepressants, which kick in after a month and they, they're that. So I took the Xanax. I got off the Xanax after a month. I kept taking the antidepressants for whatever, three, four, I forget how long it was. I took the antidepressants. The antidepressants, what they did is they did change me chemically, but they made the foundation of the house strong. They gave me the foundation. The antidepressants do not fix you. They do not build a beautiful mansion. All they do is they give you a solid concrete foundation that you can then build from. So now I could, with practice and time and effort and thoughtful work, build a house on top of that foundation. And it takes time. I've got to build some walls. I've got to put them up. Eventually, maybe some roof goes on top of it. And a house always evolves and evolves and evolves. But, and I still had the fear. Oh my God, this is going to go ahead anymore. And in the moment, the fucking flood's going to come and take away the foundation. And But it doesn't. Somehow, the antidepressants made the foundation strong enough that I didn't crumble again. And from that, I could build some walls, a roof. Later on, I built a jacuzzi at the back. Grill. I got a grill. This is very nice right now <laughs> because somehow it set a, house, a foundation for me for a house that didn't blow away. You know, when, when, when things get Just wrong. Keep a shed for me too. Taking yeah. weather. There's a shed out the back with Tim Reedy's Cheers, name on thanks. it. Oh, God, it's great. So it, it's hard for me to say to people like, yeah, try the antidepressants. I get it. You don't run into it. But that's the difference. So now you don't feel the crazy up-ups as much because you don't feel the crazy down-downs. Yes, that does mean that your sine wave is a little bit smaller. Sure. But it's better because you're not feeling the terribleness. But there are times when I'm like, oh, 
do I miss when I was drunk and high and chasing chicks? Oh my God, do I? Yes. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I miss those crazy highs when I was just like left, right and center. Bam, 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 bam. A lot of that mental illness coincided with the rise of comedy Estonia. Back in the early days, back when all the shit hadn't laid out as it is now. And it was like me and Stuart and Andre and then Sander came along and it was just us. And that's all it was. And we were doing shows and people were coming and it was great. And it was, I'm not, I certainly, certainly do not mean that I was getting like going home with women. I do not mean that at all. I was not going home with women. I had a girlfriend. I was on that straight and narrow, but there was a lot of just eyeballs on me and attention. And there was a focus. There wasn't even 15 comedians then. There was four of us. And so that was addictive. You had a Wikipedia page. I had a, I had a Wikipedia page even Wikipedia. in Wikipedia. in <laughs> And that was, you know, when you've got, before I'd taken the antidepressants, when I was still in the up and down, oh boy, did the up love that. The up love that shit. The down was also super down at the end of it. So you are doing better now? You might say that, yes. If you could say something, if you could talk to that Lewis from 10 years ago, what would you tell him? Huh. Besides go to the doctor and have the drugs? Yeah. I think it would be. I think it might be as simple as that. Go to the doctor the and have drugs. the drugs. Stop being, what the fuck are you thinking, you dickhead? Go and just have some antidepressants. We have a great, um, I don't know if it's an Australian thing too, but we have a great word in Ireland. Just cop on. Cop on? Cop on. Just cop on, man. Oh, really? Just go for it. Just fucking get into it. No, no. Cop that- on means like, like, not clean yourself up a bit, but like just mm. cop on. Have a bit of cop. Cop what? on. What is a cop? Just have a bit of cop. What do you mean? See, this is very, like, to me, it's natural. Like, cop on. It means, like, yeah. stop being. Get with it? Just get get with it. Yeah, like, cop on. Cop the fuck on, will Pull you? it together? Pull it together. Cop on, Suck you. Suck it cop. up. Pull it together. Cop on. Yeah, okay. But it's so up on. Cop it's so, on. like, cop instant. On. Maybe so, that's what I've said. Yeah. Because like, that's what I would have said to myself been going 10 years ago. Up and down yeah. since cop you've been on. 18. Pull your socks up. Why do you think the antidepressants are not good for you? Because you've got some bullshit idea about, oh, like you've got some bullshit idea like, oh, they're going to change who I am. No, you know what that is? That's the mental illness. Mm-hmm. Understanding that shit's going to change and telling you not to do it. You know, you go to a, a licensed doctor and they are very wise and they give you a run for three months and that's what you need. You know, yeah. not the whole ever. The whole talk to someone thing is so important because, you know, I'm from that part of Ireland where... Mental health is not, was never really taken seriously when I grew up. If someone was depressed, they were just tired. Mm. They just needed a bit of rest, you know. Until a couple of years ago, there was like a big mental health thing in my family. And I realized like, oh, shit. Yeah, you got to take care of your What was that? Without going into details, what was the mental health thing in your family? Uh, I'd rather not. Okay. But sure. there was just an, an okay. event and it had nothing to do with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was someone else that made me go like, oh, fuck. So when something close happened to you yeah because like you were talking earlier about the the your preconceived notions about the romanians right (laughs) yes because that was what was 
indo- not indoctrinated into Maybe, it, you might say maybe. indoctrinated. Yeah, you might say indoctrinated. But like growing up in Ireland, man, like I, I remember I was in hospital for, uh, I had some issue with my ears as a kid hmm. and um, I had to put get these grommets put into my ears to drain fluid or something. And I was in the same room as this like middle-aged woman, 40-ish something. And um, she was in there because she was just, she needed a rest. <laughs> she just needed a rest. Now she needs to take a break. And only as an adult did I realize that she was probably severely clinically depressed and huh. needed to be hospitalized. Right. But because Western Ireland, you brush it under there and like, no, no, she just needed a rest. She's there f- for a rest. Hmm. And when I think back over the years, so many people I know would say, no, 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 he's just in hospital just to take a break, just have a rest. Because it's never explicitly talked about. He's he goes in there. to hospitals to have a rest. Yeah. yeah. To have like a holiday. Like in my mind, it's like, oh, a holiday. <laughs> they get to have a, oh, they get yeah. to take a week off work and have a holiday. <laughs> it was never talked about that this is a severe mental health issue. God. And even this is going on today. Mm. Like, you know, I'm depressed. You're not. You're tired. Go in. Have a pint. Have a drink. Have a pint. Come down to the pub and you'd be grand. Have more of the thing that's keeping you down. Now, it's changing now. A lot of young people are talking because it's all about the youth, right? They fucking look at the older generation and go, fucking, what the fuck are they on about? So, but yeah, I mean, it's important. Look after yourselves, lads. Take care of your mental health. Talk to someone. You can do that. Look, if you're in Estonia, you can go to your pet asked. And not only with your pet asked, is able to prescribe you this stuff, you can get subsidized uh, therapist sessions. So I think it was, I got like 10 or something, I want to say. So you go to the pedo ask. The pedo ask, yeah, says, yeah, you're crazy. And the pedo ask then will uh, can sign you off on like 10, I think it was 10, I don't know, subsidized visits to the therapist. Because usually it's like 50 bucks, but if it's subsidized, it's like five bucks. And you get like 10 rounds with a therapist and it's worth it. And that's all in the system. That's all paid for by the healthcare. And I'm thankful. And I, it was uh, harking back to our story earlier that when I went to Georgia, which was, I said, 2007 or something, my friend that I went to Georgia with, Iris, um, she is, I'm going to forget exactly what she is, but she did study psychology. I'm going to go out of a limb and try and say that. <laughs> And I do remember at that time back then, one of the things talking to Iris was like, yo, I'm not feeling great. Is there someone who can help me in Estonia? Someone I can see a therapist. And I remember her, she said she looked around and we could not find somebody. Now, maybe there is, I'm not saying there is completely, but just with our high level search, we couldn't find someone who could help me in Estonia. And when I I told you that story, that I lived back in Australia for a little while, back in 2010 or something, I don't remember. Um, It was basically because I wasn't feeling great and uh, the winters had got me and not having a thing had got me and I went back to Australia because I could get a therapist in Australia and that's why I lived for 10 months in Australia because basically, more or less, I could be back with my friends, back with the share house with the friends and that and the Estonians and I could live by the beach with a balcony. Didn't fix you though, did it? No, it didn't fix me. No, it took time, but I could get, because I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. I also wasn't ready for it then. However, um, that was one of the things that I understood that Estonia had moved on because, I mean, I'm trying to think when I went to the therapist last couple of years ago, three, let, let's say three, let's say three years ago was the last time I went to the therapist that when I sought the therapist out 
three or four years ago, there was an English-speaking therapist, an Estonian lady. There was one, but that was available. That was not available 10 years ago, but that was available three years ago. Mm -hmm. And that I was on the Estonian health system and I got prescribed the therapist and she spoke English and she spoke to me and it did something. And to me, I was like, oh, this country's getting somewhere. This is great. I didn't have to go back to Australia for help yeah. anymore. And I'm like, yes, my tax, my tax euros <laughs> have done something. All the social taxes, ah, 33%. Finally. <laughs> so I was very happy. But, and I'm very happy for you because I was there during the, some of the downs and I remember. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're so much more, you like more color in your face and you're more switched on all mm-hmm. the time. And um, you've less, you're more inclined to just like no more negative shit. Let's keep the fucking positive vibes going. And uh, you're much less of a cunt as a result. <laughs> I agree. I absolutely agree with you. I think I was a huge cunt back in the day to all the guys. Like, I still think they're like, Lewis, what do you think about this, Lewis? And I'm like, no, it's great. And they're like, yes, Lewis thinks it's great. Yeah. But it's clear that you're, you're, you're in a much better place now. I think so. I hope so. And uh, I think uh, we'll end it on that positive note. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. It only took three beers to get here. Three this beers? Is, this is Irish therapy. You you just need a point to get I, through it. I even have some closing music for oh. So yeah, Lewis, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, Tim. Thank you for everyone listening. Um, thank you for listening to my... This is my Estonian. He, Tim, by the way, the peta arse that I talked about is Tim Reedy. Yeah. You think that's hey, all it is? This is if, all this is. If your peta arse lets you down, if your if your medication lets you down, chat to Tim. Give me a call. <laughs> Hit me up on Facebook and I'll sort you out. <laughs> Thank you very much, Lewis, for coming. Shout out to all the lads out there down in Paida, all the lads listening, all my best friends down in Paida, the oh, homeless the guy, the homeless the guy outside Grossi. The guy keeps asking me for two euro every day. This song's for you, my friend. Thanks, Lewis. More than a feeling. <laughs> he does keep asking me for two euro. <laughs> <laughs>